0: On this episode, we discuss Godzilla versus Kong.
1: No matter who wins, we'll watch it. (laughs) That's a good tagline, right? Yeah. Yeah,
2: it's great. Yeah, it's
1: great. Cool.
0: the Flophouse. I'm Dan McCoy. Hey guys, it's me, Stuart Wellington.
2: Hey, my name's Elliot Kalin, and I want to introduce we also have a special guest with us. So forget our regular hosts, Dan, Stuart, and Elliot. Forget you about them. Throw us for in a the moment. garbage. Yeah. Don't need them. Don't need them, because this episode is going to be all about that's right, your number one favorite Xander in America. Not Xander Cage, mm-hmm. uh, the character from the Triple X movies. No, no, no. Uh-huh. An even better Xander. Uh, joining us is Xander Cannon. He's a Great, great comics creator. I'm sure you know him as the man behind books like Replacement God. Heck, and most importantly, for the discussion of this episode, The Amazing Kaiju Max, one of my favorite all-time series. Oh, man, that's so
1: fucking good.
2: I'm sorry, Nexus. Kaiju Max is running neck and neck with you right now. You've been my favorite for years, but Kaiju Max is up there now. It is a, in case you haven't read it, genuinely heartbreaking story about the inmates and staff at a maximum security prison for kaiju. And Xander is with us today, thankfully, to discuss a movie with so many kaiju in it for an American movie. To be honest, for a Japanese movie, not that many, but for an American movie, a fair amount. Thank you much. Thank you very much for joining us. Sorry, I'm, sipping, I'm tripping over every single word that is coming out of my mouth.
1: Can I, my can, I, can I jump in there? I want to throw one more credit in there because it's one of my all-time favorites. Xander, you did the art for Smacks, and I love that art so much. It's so great. The fucking cat dragon, oh my lord, it's the best. Okay, now you can talk.
3: <laughs> uh, thanks for having me, you guys. I'm, I'm truly honored. I uh, I have been
0: a long time long time fan, first time caller of, uh, of the Flophouse. Oh wow. Yeah, we try not to publicize the number or else people will be calling in all the time being on the show. Uh-huh. I mean I it's much. just one eight hundred flop house. That's the thing. It's the easiest number to figure Damn out. It. Yeah. yeah
1: you've been l you'd have been a long time listener and you never thought it happened to you until the other day when a couple <laughs> they, of co eds I mean, named I Dan and Stewart.
0: It. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um yeah. Uh <laughs> So Dan, well, you really guys, gave it all. No, gave it all for that some, introduction. You got yeah, nothing to Titan energy over here. <laughs> no, I mean like look,
2: <laughs> look we gotta drill to the center of the earth to recharge Dan. Hold on a second.
0: <laughs> Elliot and I are Hook in him a, up constant, to a heave. <laughs> Elliot and I are in a constant battle about how professional the uh podcast should be. He thinks the answer is yes. I say not very. <laughs> I <laughs> and, think
2: I think somewhat and you think
0: <laughs> no what. Yeah. Because like the reason like I I was Pondering how much to, like, let you behind the curtain, I moved this weekend, dear listener, um, Mm -hmm. and uh, due to some stuff that uh, I will not get into, uh, you know, we shuffled around some stuff, (laughs) and it was like, oh, now I'm supposed to summarize Godzilla vs. Kong, a movie that honestly... I'm not quite sure what happened in. So I was just sighing in anticipation of the mess that I'm about to create. Well, we'll help <laughs> you through it. I think
2: the thing to remember about Godzilla versus Kong is that uh, the plot is only the most gossamer whisper mm-hmm, strung yeah. between the pillars of monster fights uh, mm-hmm. and inhabited and yet... by by characters who kind of barely exist. And yet there's a lot of it. There's a lot so of those gossamer of whispers.
0: A yeah. lot. Yeah. I so
1: w- what my... I, I want to jump in here. We're talking about Godzilla versus Kong and Xander. In addition, to do, in addition to doing a book uh, about monsters in prison, I'm assuming you're we're ha- we have you on the show because you're also a big kaiju movie fan.
3: Oh yeah, absolutely! Like I. I mean, people sometimes people mistakenly call me a kaiju expert, and I'm like, oh, 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 god, because they're gonna. Then I think they're gonna ask me like, how many mecha Godzilla's there are, or whatever, and I'm like, I don't know. I only know it to tell jokes.
1: I see. I see Elliot computing right now. I'm like,
3: mm, okay, well, there's the do we
2: count Mecha ghidra in there, probably not. He said specifically Mecha Godzilla, but. Uh.
3: <laughs> but then, but yeah, like, and so you know, yeah, like, you end up watching just every stupid you know stupid great you know somewhere in between monster movie that that comes down the pike and it's you know and the best thing is when you're like when you start seeing like all these things that you know like like trends from the mid-60s mm-hmm. like it's like oh my god they did that in every movie what a dumb thing you know like or what an arbitrary <laughs> yeah. thing to put in you know anyway but yeah i've some- seen many
1: and Something. do you feel pressure? Do you feel pressure when a new like giant monster movie or kaiju movie comes out that you have to watch it? Because every time a movie comes out where people on Twitter are like, "Hey, Stuart, this movie a dude gets his ding dong ripped off," I'm like, "Fuck, I gotta watch that right away. Drop what I'm doing." <laughs>
3: Yeah, I mean, everybody's always saying, like, well, did you see it yet? And it's like, I'm getting to it. I'm getting to it.
2: It's the the horrible cycle that goes through where you're like, I have a genuine interest in this thing, so I'm going to talk about it a lot. Uh Uh-oh. Now people think I know a lot about it. Now Uh it's work. Like, now it's an assignment that I have to live up to.
1: Now it's every like gift you it, get is like a, tur- a ceramic turtle. Now, <laughs>
3: yeah, right, that's what I was going to say. Like letting it out that you get collect rubber frogs or something. <laughs> that's
4: I imagine cooler.
2: you're like you're the guy you're the guy in the old west town who's seen a lot of kaiju movies, and every now and then, like the new young the young buck who wants to be the kaiju expert comes in to challenge uh-huh. you, and it's like mm, I was I was uh, thinking about these starfish monsters from Ultraman, and you're like mm. uh, I got to come up with something more obscure to hit him with uh, <laughs> right to, to prove that I'm still the tops, and you can never sleep because you never know when someone's going to walk into town and demand something about Kaiju. Elliot, are
1: you pitching like an Eltingville anthology story or something right there? Oh,
2: I wish. Oh, my God. I would love to to do that.
0: Now, uh, so this movie, right, guys? This is...
2: (laughs) Oh, so what do we do on this podcast, Dan? (laughs) This is
0: a podcast where we watch a bad movie and we talk about it. In this case, we're watching Godzilla vs. Kong, uh, one of the many movies that was uh, going to be a theatrical release, is now, um, was it released. It was a theatrical release. That's also. true. That's true. We're, theaters are coming, uh, open again, but it was, it was day and date also on HBO Max. Uh, if you're dating Charlie Day, you have to watch the movie with him. That's mm-hmm. what it means, it's day and that's date.
4: the law. Yeah. yeah. <laughs>
0: and, uh, so, you know, we caught up with this one. We watched, uh, the previous one for one of our live shows. The, I, I mentioned that because, like, this is at this point, weirdly the closest to another. Current successful like shared universe, I guess. I mean, like I guess DC is like straightening up their game a little bit more in that area. But like are they? Well, I, mean, I feel well, like what, we did
1: two you... episodes that proved. Well, it depends no, on what not. your measure. Of...
0: <laughs> no, well, it depends on what your measure of success is, right? Like, I'm I'm saying that like this, uh, the only shared universe that's currently going that is both uh, financially successful and relatively critically successful is is the Marvel stuff. Like, DC is, you know, has, like, super strong partisans, but does not have the critical success. Uh, and then this, like, I, I don't know. I'm just trying to place this in the idea of, like, there's this vogue for shared universes, right? And, mm-hmm. like, this is kind of... Are you talking the... about
1: how the dark universe was on the cover of Vogue?
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we all remember the success of the dark universe. Universe is dark universe... Took the nation by swarm. Swarm? She took by it by swarm. Swarm, swarm yeah. about <laughs> It works. <laughs> they threw copies of Erwin Allen's The Swarm at America, and America said, no thanks. And um, no, but this is like kind of like where the threads come together and where Dan says to himself, please, no more shared universes. Because the, the movie works so hard to... Uh, set up a fight between Godzilla and King Kong and you know if you just told me that a giant lizard and a big ape were fighting I'd be like cool I'm in you don't need to lay so much track for this and I think a large part of the track that gets laid is the idea like oh we've done all this stuff in these previous movies which I have totally forgotten most of it totally forgotten and we have to (laughs) like make like weave this intricate web and all of it is boring Um, Are you
1: saying that you've forgotten it, so really it proves that all the extraneous characters that they brought along from previous movies didn't actually need to show up?
2: I would say say this movie has a case of Pirates of the Mm Caribbeanitis, where everyone walked out of Pirates of the Caribbean. Are you
1: going to TM that shit?
2: I can't. I mean, I don't own the,
1: the Pirates of the Caribbean- uh, by franchise. adding the itis, don't you get the points? Uh, well, I can, I, <laughs> the I points, can, like, on his I he's, like Jonas,
3: he's like Jonas Salk. He doesn't want to, like, you know, he doesn't want to, like, lock oh. it away. He wants yeah, yeah. to be I, I could long patent to the, everyone.
2: I could patent the drug to cure Pirates of the Caribbean itis, although we have herd immunity now. They're not making any more of those. But, uh, they, but I, I do. I want it that to be – that's my gift to humanity is to be yeah. cured of that. But it's like everyone walked out of Pirates of the Caribbean, Curse of the Black Pearl, the first one, saying – boy, that Jack Sparrow was a fun character. And what Disney heard was, people love every single character in this movie, and we mm-hmm. need to track all of them over the course of multiple movies, no matter how minor a supporting yeah. role. And it feels <laughs> like that in this one, it's like, but what's going on with the daughter of Vera Farmiga and uh, and what's-his-face? Uh, and you're like, did they have a daughter what was that about like who are those characters again yeah. do i care yeah. oh i don't and then i mean
1: i feel like i feel like getting more jeffrey rush in the second and third movie i'm like perfect more of that yes delicious but yeah everything else no no thank you
3: well but i mean don't you think that millie bobby brown is essentially the well one of the closest thing you have to a, a star in this movie like she's kind yeah. of like of the moment like i think that people remembered like oh yeah the girl from stranger things is the
0: you know, is in the Godzilla movie, right? Well, do they I, remember that? I'm not. I'm not so sure about that. But. And, oh, okay. <laughs> Billy Bra- Bobby Brown is given very little to work with. I, but I do think that she is. Uh, a very strong actor, a very charismatic actor. Like there we are we got a, couple... a lot of we got a lot of we, names there's on the poster. A lot of great
2: people. I mean, the fact like Rebecca Hall in this movie, she's great in this. He's Ryan Henry Henry's an amazing actor, and they give him the worst one line. Dam- Damien
1: is in this. I yeah. like Damien Bashir but like, yeah. I
2: said, I started watching this movie with my wife. Lance uh, Reddick
1: is in a small role. I, mean, I love yep.
0: Rebecca Hall. Like, oh, they, they waste yeah, Rebecca Hall's great
2: Well, I said I said to my wife while we were watching this, uh, we had just finished a long drive uh, from Northern California to Southern California, I said I really want to. Watch this Godzilla versus Kong movie, and she said, "I'll watch it with you, but I can't promise I'll stay awake." And she fell asleep like 15 minutes in. But I was explaining to her, I'm like, these movies kind of are—they're less storytelling machines, and they're more projects for paying very good actors to say things like Kong bows to no one, like, and and talk about nonsense scientific gobbledygook, which there is a lot of in this movie, an unnecessarily large amount of. Gravity inversions and secret Titan energies at the center of the Earths and things that – it's like they just wanted to overcomplicate everything. But yeah. there's – I think – we should so we should make it clear that, like, there's a lot of great people in this movie, but they're – the characters they are given to play are not much of anything.
0: Well, and also know? I want to say, I mean, Adam Wingard, the, the director, mm-hmm. you know, he – he made Your Next, uh, which had uh, past guest Barbara Crampton in it. it an excellent little uh, contained horror movie. The guest, like one of the, them, my yeah. like favorite little yeah. like goofy nasty little thrillers. Uh, yeah, the guest is the best. Years. It's right in there. Love it. <laughs> uh, but then you know he did the Blair Witch, I guess reboot. I didn't even see it. It kind of came in with without making any kind of mark on um the popular culture much like the real Blair Witch <laughs> death note uh for Netflix which everyone who uh you know was familiar with the comic I guess like hated it's
1: it's, it's not very good I, I it's watched not a the, very good movie
0: I watched the first half of it I never returned to it because I just like it's the what I sign was, like, of a good movie like, no, no you like put down a book and you're like that was okay but I don't Whatever, <laughs> like, I, but I didn't hate it like everyone else, and maybe it's because I didn't have any attachment to it, but, like, he, like, took this turn after the guest, right? And Godzilla vs. Kong, I'm glad to see that he's getting, like, a big paycheck job because I liked those first two movies so much, but at the same time, like, the best I can say for this movie is he brings, like, a much, like, prettier look to the movie like the movie is no longer a swirling mass of like gray ash like the last one was no no it's a swirling
2: like, mass of bright colors and neon signs and yeah. things. like it definitely there's there's a big fight at the end spoiler alert between godzilla and kong <gasps> and it's in this like are they in hong kong Hon- is that where in it's in kong. Yeah, we're it's in like hong kong and it's like just neon colors and like futuristic skyscrapers being destroyed and it was so pretty that it was almost enough for me to forget that it was like oh they're killing tens of thousands of people with every yeah. every blow right. every time right. Kong smashes Godzilla's face through a building and the building completely collapses yes. like yeah. that's that's so many lives and stories over you Guys, know but. I,
0: mean, like, I realize that we haven't even gotten to the plot yet but can I confess that this is this is my main problem with Godzilla in general as a thing like like any long-running sort of series the what was originally the monster, Gets repositioned as the hero in, in in one way or another. Whether it's like in these Godzilla movies where he's actually a hero, or in something like I don't know, like the Nightmare in Elm Street movies where it's just like where Godzilla Godzilla's steps on in
2: those. <laughs> he steps on Freddy, and that's how he
0: saves those kids. Well, that, but it's I mean, like, accidental. He doesn't mean to do it. In he's the, just the first not looking, movie you know? like Freddy is like scary, and you're supposed to hate Freddy. Later on, you're supposed to be like, "Oh, Freddy's fun to watch. I don't give a shit about these teens." You know, like Freddy becomes the hero of the film in 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 effect, even if he's like the antagonist in like a plot sense. Uh, But like, and then there is the one.
2: There was that movie where it's like what's Freddy like when he's not killing kids in their dreams? And it was so sad. It was just like, like he has so little going for him in his life, and his marriage
1: is falling apart, and his kids Uh never call him. Uh, That's that's shown on the screen by him eating a hungry man dinner. That's code (laughs) for him having an empty life.
2: And and masturbating, sadly, Uh uh, in the shower. Yeah, Which he has to be careful with. (laughs) <laughs> he's not wearing the glove. I, I What? <laughs> Why would he you wear that in the shower? It. It's going to ruin the leather.
1: My, my he point does is... wear his
2: hat in the shower and his sweater. That's the weird thing. He's naked from the waist down, but he's still wearing the hat and the sweater, but not the glove.
0: I get that part. <laughs> I just have a problem with these movies where they try and position Godzilla and, and Kong here like as heroes in a like, sort of much more unambiguous sense than reality would reflect. Like you're saying, Elliot, I watched them fighting, and I'm like, okay, well, it doesn't matter if maybe, like, there reasons this is happening, they'll team up against a greater evil later, all that stuff, like, they're destroying a city.
2: Well, I th- the the... Well- Well, Xander, you
3: talk. You're the you're the expert. You're the self-admitted, self-described kaiju expert. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, number one. (laughs) So, well, one of the things that I liked about um, Pacific Rim, you know, is that it like embraced some of that silliness, where it was like, well, we need to have you know things big things smash other big things, and we don't want to have people feel ambiguous and sort of like weird about it. So it's like, oh, we're and it was Hong Kong again. They were like, we are uh, evacuating Hong Kong to these underground shelters, and they were done evacuating everybody in this, you know, the yeah. second largest city in the world in, like, ten minutes. But you were like, okay, sure. And then, you know, smash everything. Yeah, smash like, away. Know, punch <laughs> through that building. I mean, and so, and, I mean, you might think, like, well, that's not very likely. And it's like, nothing's likely. You might as well <laughs> do that and have people stop going, like, Jesus Christ, those
1: people are, you know, I vaporized. Don't know. Yeah, I don't, I don't know why it bothers me less in something like this than, say, like, Superman, where he's just, like, roasting all these buildings
2: well, full of
0: people. <laughs> well, there's yeah, definitely supposed to be a hero. Well, and,
2: <laughs> and also, yeah, he's supposed to be the hero, and he's got human intelligence. Exactly. So he knows what's going on. Like, Godzilla, when he works as a somewhat heroic protector of the Earth, I feel like yeah. it's when he works on the level of a cosmic or a god-like being who yeah. humans are kind of beneath his notice individually, but he is uh, hes this force that, like, is is protecting the Earth from a bigger problem, but it doesn't matter. You know, he doesn't notice the the collateral damage underneath. Whereas in this one, we'll get to it when we go to the plot. The big the big thing they team up against is not a threat to people. I guess it is because it's got it's yeah. got a bad guy brain in it. But it's like yeah, <laughs> but it feels like it doesn't feel like uh in the last one Godzilla King of the Monsters. It was t- basically a big pissing match between Godzilla and King Ghidorah. But you could buy that King Ghidorah was like. An outer space monster, so he's an invader yeah. as opposed to these earthborn, mo- as opposed to these native born monsters that are okay. King Kingador is like right. an immigrant monster that's trying to take the jobs. <laughs> he's a, he's, it's it's a Godzilla replacement strategy that I do not that is not okay. Yeah. You yeah, know, yeah. <laughs> uh, every time they bring another monster and it dilutes Godzilla's vote. But uh, in this one, it's it felt much less like a. Uh, you could even spin it as, oh, well, they're saving people. It was just like monster grudge matches, and that's okay if you do. I think I agree with Xander, like. If they have been like, evacuate the city, and then five minutes later, okay, we've evacuated everybody. And then there's always like one kid that's left on the surface that they've got to save at the last minute. But this Mm – the the fight was going on for hours, and they'd still cut to people running for safety. Uh, And I'd be like, wait, but then I don't want (laughs) to think about all the damage. Like that's terrible. (laughs)
3: Yeah. Right. Godzilla had been in the city for like an hour and there was a shot from inside like a, you know, a restaurant on the 50th floor or something. And people are like, huh? You, know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. you guys don't you know, look at the news or something. <laughs> yeah.
0: OK, well, that's oh, I man. mean, a lot of let's talk dive into it. the plot. Let's, let's be it. like
2: a Godzilla and dive into the water of the plot. Heck yeah. So, oh. Wait, I got a better one. Let's oh. be like the heroes of the movie and dive into the center of the plot. And hopefully the gravity inversion membrane won't hurt us too much so that I we don't. can fight off those gross bat birds anyway yeah. mm-hmm.
0: okay well anyway so it is uh five years after uh godzilla has defeated king Ghidorah. uh the you know we're living in a post kaiju world here they call them titans titans, titans yeah. and i think okay. that's
2: because they are avoiding anything that they will have to conceivably pay toho more mm. money to use mm-hmm. yeah. so like it's uh, something uh, something that, that i should make clear right away is don't, don't listen for a Godzilla's trademark scream or his trademark anthem because you won't see them because they would have cost uh, more money to license them from Toho. Yeah. And there's a credit. Oh, man. Okay, wait. I have to say this. Okay. At the beginning of the movie, it says Godzilla owned and created by Toho Studios. And I was like, a studio does not create a character like that. Like people create characters. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. put, put Shiro Honda's name on there somewhere. Like it was – it made me very mad to see. It was like – if at the end of every Marvel movie they were like Captain America, Spider Man, Black Panther, and Hulk created by Marvel Comics, and you'd be like, "No, that's not how things work," you know.
3: But they, but they do say that in like Marvel and DC like shows and stuff. They're like, you know, using characters created by DC Comics, and it's like, God, oh, really?
2: I don't like that. <laughs> but
3: I... well, and one of the things, and you know, not to be like a VH1 pop-up video, but like the <laughs> but Yoshimitsu Bano, who's one of the 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 main Japanese producers that sort of brought it over to Legendary. Um, was blacklisted from Godzilla films forever because he directed Godzilla versus the Smog Monster, and he and the one of the you know producers has said this is the worst movie I've ever seen. You are blacklisted from ever directing a uh, Godzilla movie again. And then he basically just outlived them all. And now he's in charge of it again. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's wow. the best revenge. That's how, st-
1: that's how you stun on them, right? Right. Yeah. Living long is like the
3: best revenge.
2: Godzilla was- Taunteen. <laughs> Godzilla riding a Tauntaun oh he'd crush it but anyway they're
1: very similar body types
2: yeah that's true uh, so, so Dan it's five years after what's going on with our favorite monsters
0: well Kong is uh, we see Kong you know he comes out of the the, the jungle and there's a, a small uh, child um, from like one of the I guess local island tribes who can uh-huh. who has like an affinity with Kong this yeah. is uh Gia Wikipedia tells me um, the, I, I never remember any names of anyone in any movie I see. Does this happen and to you she guys? Is,
1: she is deaf and she is played by a deaf actress.
0: Oh, that, that's interesting. And
1: that,
2: I, it's never said in the movie, but I always assumed that she has some sort of mental, like psychic bond with Kong. Because yeah. otherwise it makes no sense how he can like communicate with her because she's the size of an ant to him. But yeah. she'll frown at him and he's like, what's wrong? That it's like I yeah. just amazed that he they can communicate,
1: you know. But that's like that's pretty common though. Like uh giant monsters always have like a magic kid or kids that they bond But it's always with, assumed
2: right? it's always implied there's some kind of mis like Gamera always and like always had like a Kenny that would that would follow him around and be like, No, no, don't don't hurt Gamera Well Gamera's destroying buildings. Like no, mm-hmm. it always is implied I think that there's some kind of psychic connection,
3: you know. Uh, I just thought oh. it was just sort of like, obviously, these kids are cute. Like, I, you know, Gamera thinks that too. <laughs> <That's, yeah. laughs> they're little. They're cute. They're, they're like very cute ants. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> um, just like in the movie A Bug's Life. Uh, now. But this... not like in the movie Ants, where. No, those and, are for very all the other things, like ants. the designs are, are not. The, the designs best, are not. Yeah. Um, so, uh, Kong is displeased. We see that uh, it is because Kong is actually trapped. What looks like uh, Skull Island is like a, some sort of electro-dome keeping Kong captive. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, yeah. And safe, they say. Captive and safe. So yeah. mm-hmm. Godzilla won't sense his Titan signature or whatever bullshit. Yeah,
2: because they, they all, as we know from the last movie, they register each other's bioenergy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and you should mention, Rebecca Hall works at... This is a Monarch facility. Monarch, mm-hmm. the, the company that... Uh, Deals with monsters uh, uh-huh. and first encountered Kong back in Kong Skull Island in the 1970s, right? Uh, and now, uh, and Rebecca Hall works there, and she's like famous for it. And there's a magazine cover that shows her and says "The Kong Whisper," and it's like it's just always one of those things where it's weird to me that. It, Good in thing real life,
1: Godzilla doesn't get that magazine.
2: <laughs> no, he does. That's the thing. That's why he's oh, looking shit. for it. Yeah, uh, it's it's oh, it's like in real life. Yeah, this stuff would be famous, but it always seems funny to me that it's like. Yeah, she's a famous scientist. Kong is famous. He's a, he's a known quantity. People, uh, you know, talk about him all the time, and she talks about him like someone she knows well. And that's why mm-hmm. it's it reminds me so much of the, uh, the the great line from the movie Venom. I'm sorry about Venom. That uh, <laughs> 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 where it's like they just to say these characters' names as if they're just people you know is is ridiculous. Yeah. You know?
0: <laughs> uh. Anyway, we're introduced to Bernie Hayes, who uh is a podcaster. A heroic podcaster. We all know the true heroes uh-huh.
1: yeah. are the podcasters.
0: <laughs> yep. He's got. Uh,
3: and, his, and he's Paperboy from, uh, from uh, Atlanta.
1: Yep.
2: Yeah, 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 yeah. Brian Tyree Henry. And he does uh, does a voice in Housebroken, the upcoming Fox animated show that I worked oh, on. Oh, that's great. Oh, yeah. Nice. He's so awesome. Yeah, he's great.
0: Um, well, he has a Titan conspiracy theory podcast. He's
2: a Titan truther. hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. And uh, he's uh, got this scheme to get information which i guess just sort of involves an irritating someone inside one of these facilities until they go to the bathroom yeah. so mm-hmm. he can uh take classic video game
1: strategy and stealth video
0: games mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> uh in the middle of all of this though godzilla attacks the facility oh. this is
1: apex which is a uh a company that had we been introduced to them before i don't think so because their comically
2: evil ceo yeah, yeah. Uh, was played new by Damian me. Bashir. he's great yeah. Uh, he's he's great, and it's like you're like, is this character supposed to be like a Colombian drug lord from a 1980s action movie? Because he's got cause he's it's the same type of performance, which works perfectly for this character. But, but his uh, name
3: is Walter Simmons, which yeah. I think is oh. great. Like <laughs> yeah. also the fact that he has that, the that, same <laughs> voice as the as the drug lords that he's played <laughs> yeah. in all of his previous roles. You know? And that
2: that, that, uh, that uh, Brian Tyree Henry is playing Bernie Hayes. It's just like. This is this. These characters were written, and they just colorblind casted as much as possible, which yeah, uh, is fantastic. But it, it's it's the exact opposite of the scene in The Martian, where there's a scientist who clearly the part was written to be Korean American, and they have uh, a blonde white girl playing it. And I'm like, oh, no. come on, this, there's no everything about this character. Like her last name is Park. Like she works yeah. on this project. Like right. just cast a Korean actress.
1: Come on. Yeah. But uh, th- now anyway, this facility's in Florida, Pensacola. Hmm. Uh, pensacola florida Worst of and, the sodas and godzilla shows up out of the water i like i kind of like the reveal like it's it's pretty cool you watch godzilla float up uh and then some jets try and stop him and he just beats the shit out of him yeah and you know we get our first good look at our boy godzilla once again i've mentioned this on the podcast before but he is thick as hell i love it serving up body adi with that those big old tree trunk legs he looks like a, <laughs> like if a mountain got up and decided to walk I love it so much. He's great, and yes, he's got a little old man face. The like little
2: old man face wouldn't bother me so much, except there are many shots where he looks right at the camera and he's got like a Mister Magoo like ooh type yes. look on his face. And <laughs> love f- it, Xander. How did how did you how do you feel about this Godzilla design? I have my I, issues
3: with it. I mean, I he's it's it's probably one of my less favorite ones. I mean, I I really like I really like sort of the Millennium era Godzilla, sort of almost that sort of cat cat like face. Yeah, where that's he a great even one. has little ears. Um, but this one, I mean. It's fine. I think it's too bad that, like, they make it so CGI and so movable. Like, there's if on those close ups, yeah. it's like there's every little part is moving, and it's like it wouldn't be moving. He's like a big creature, you know, like he, you know, it's anyway. But, uh, but yeah, he's not clayface that, or something,
4: right? <laughs> <laughs> right.
3: One of my main concerns. He's not, he's <laughs> just As too l-
2: clayface like. Every movie you go, I don't want spoilers. Is Godzilla Clayface in this one? No, he's not. Okay, good. Then I'll go see him. <laughs> <Right.
1: laughs> okay. Thank I mean, God. Clayface was an actor before he was a supervillain. So sure he I mean, is. he Do could it. be
2: playing Well, and the weird thing about these characters is I'm sure it's all motion capture, but it's like they're all CGI, but they still move like guys in suits. Like, they, they're not really I taking it. I think it was it. motion captured. It had to have been, but there's for some reason it comes off not looking as animalistic as I would like to for Godzilla. He's still, yeah. Maybe it's because he and Ging Kong punch each other in the face, which seems like a <laughs> yeah. weird fighting move for a giant dinosaur to, like, punch <laughs> and kick. I think, I
1: think that was an express— I think Adam Wingard said that was, like, an, an intention. Like, he wanted to make it look like 80s action movies or, like, uh, like wrestling.
3: Oh, I and, see. Yeah. So, I mean, I it mean, was a choice a whether or not thing. you agree
1: with it. Yeah, a lot.
3: A lot of director. I feel like a lot of directors say that we want it to look like guys in suits. It's you know, it's part of the whole thing. But mm. but yeah, uh, but yeah I, and I I I do think the, my one complaint about that this Godzilla design is that his head is so small. It's just like mm-hmm. it just seems like it could be a little bit bigger, like a T Rex. You know, or, I mean, not even that big, but like I don't know. It just seems like it just it just tapers down into nothing mm-hmm.
4: <laughs> so you're,
2: he's got a real snub nose you're saying you'd rather he have like a long t-rex type face maybe a longer leaner body yeah. maybe matthew broderick is in it maybe he's got long <laughs> yes. long thin yes, legs exactly yeah, uh, uh, in maybe, the right direction yeah uh maybe he gets killed by just a couple lucky missile shots on a bridge and yeah, you're absolutely. like that was it why didn't they do that earlier in the movie but i'm just
1: worried that if his head was much bigger it'd be a more tempting target for a nuclear axe but yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> oh boy yeah as so we'll find yeah. out that is a real concern uh, um, so Godzilla's attacking, and at the same – while this is happening, it reveals to Bernie a some kind of giant machine that Apex yeah. is building,
0: right? There's some big glowy machine, and we see a big glowy machine, you're like, this, this company is up to no good. That's probably yeah. what drew Godzilla. Godzilla had a sense. Mm-hmm. This company is up to no good. I got to smash them.
2: It's so. one of these funny things where you see the machine, and he's like, what? And I think you as an audience are supposed to be like – what is that machine? But it just looked like a big machine to me. This I was like, like, honestly, yeah. I don't know, man. Yeah. There's nothing about this that it seems looks particularly like a, sinister.
0: Uh, a jet, it's glowing engine. red though. Jet turbine that has that's glowing red. But yeah. lots of things glow mean, red.
3: The, I think that sometimes you have these. The, you know, the the production designers do such a good job of having like everything look like cool, weird technology yeah. mm-hmm. that then when you are like, you're supposed to look at this one cool, weird technology. You're like, I, I it blends in to every. Yeah. I mean, everything looks that's cool. Or well, whatever. Especially
2: since we find out later, this this company has hidden subterranean tunnels that can, with a with like a rocket t- train that can get you around mm-hmm. the world yep. within minutes, and it's like, uh-huh. it seems like they're way ahead of anything. Like, they've already got all this neat stuff, like, that they shouldn't mm-hmm. really have, and I don't know what it is about this thing yet. Uh, but yeah, I, we've talked about this, in an episode recently called The Final Program, we talked about how uh, I'm a big fan of science fiction, where labs and complexes look really slapped together, uh, with lots of wires trailing all over the place, and... Yeah. I wish it was more like that. Any time in the Akira comic book series that they go to a laboratory and it's clear that, like, they didn't finish bolting all the panels on the walls and there's still wires everywhere. Like, mm-hmm. big fan of that. Uh, but yeah. anyway, so, Dan, what happens? Godzilla's attacking. The end of the movie? Where's Kong? <laughs> uh,
0: <laughs> I don't know. I don't. Look, look I. <laughs> this is a series of images in my brain, guys. Sure. Uh, so, well, it's, okay. cut
1: to... Cut to, I think right around now, Damien Bashir, a, an evil CEO, shows up at Alexander Skarsgård's apartment. Alexander Skarsgård is a scientist who has some kind of theory about how the Earth is actually hollow and there's some kind of gravity inversion bullshit and like people. That live killed down his there. brother. I don't know. It killed when his, his brother. When
2: it, his brother went to explore the hollow Earth and there's some kind of inversion gravity when you get closer to the core of the Earth that. Flips you inside out or something, upside down all around, mm-hmm. uh, spins you around like a record player, and so he mm-hmm. says he he was a, he's the laughing stock now, and yeah. uh, he can't sell his book. Even worse, he can't sell any copies of yeah. his book.
3: I did relate to him saying that he had thirty unsold boxes of uh, of his book <laughs> in his apartment. I, I've, I've lived that life, Alexander Skarsgård. It's like I, I feel you.
2: <laughs> and uh, and with him and with the guy from Apex is uh, the new Doctor Shirazawa. The the son of the previous Doctor uh, Sarazala from the previous movies and
1: oh they, right okay
2: they seem to be up to no good but they have a they they want to his help in exploring the hollow earth because I don't remember the exact order of how they reveal this information in the movie but it's like these There's monsters like a power source. There's these monsters a power have source special energy and this they come from the center of the earth so I guess the center of the earth must uh, be full of special energy cubes and gems and we want to go get those get those energy gems yeah. it's all made up nonsense that was, makes no sense
0: was it. Is it, the, is it a line from Mystery Men where they're like, this is why nine times out of ten, you want to go with, a, instead of a mad scientist, an average run-of-the-mill scientist or something like that? Because <laughs> I feel like in these movies, they're always like, oh, we got to go to this fringe scientist who's the only one who knows the truth. And like, sure, sometimes everything we know is wrong. You know, some brilliant mind comes in. <laughs> or beautiful uh, mind. Yeah, and flips flips the script. <laughs> Not as good on you, as a but... beautiful heart,
1: but it's Mm-mm. still okay. But but it's much better
2: than an absent mind. Yeah. Now, so here's here's what I'm gonna tell but you. It's like, is...
0: But no, but it's like, uh, sorry, I, just to finish the thought, like it yeah. is one of these cases where it's like I will take that normally, but if you're trying to sell me, oh, the earth is hollow and we can travel through it and there's like weird shit inside, I'm like, I don't know, movie. It's like we probably would
2: have figured that out by now. Well, I think yeah. there's a there's a. Uh, this is one of the kind of hidden toxicities of every, of 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 kind of classical filmmaking is that everyone's got to be an underdog. Mm-hmm. And what that means is if you're going to talk to a scientist – I mean sometimes they'll have a movie where they'll be like, this is the top guy in this field. But you want to have the tension of here's a character who needs to prove something. No one believes him so that they, there's an arc and they can – but what that means is you have all these movies that are constantly pushing the idea that – the science that you're told is wrong. Actually, yeah. the fringe theory is the right one. The same way that there are every there are no there are very few movies where the government is competent and knows what they're doing because it's a better story for there to be a conspiracy or some bad thing going on and the lone voice of reason who everyone treats as crazy. But it means like there's this constant diet of movies and TV shows and stories where. The mainstream of the world is lying to you and only this person on the edge who's been doing their own research has the correct truth luckily yeah. that's never had a negative effect in real life and we're not no, living right. through anything now that shows the danger of that yeah. luckily well, this that's is all hypothetical was, I'm like, talking like, about Yeah,
3: that's what I was thinking too like I mean that that sort of zeit- the zeitgeist kind of like makes that a fun movie to watch and then a not very fun movie to watch and then maybe, yeah. maybe it'll be a fun yeah. movie to watch again but yeah well yeah. it's funny how I uh,
2: when I, when Like when the X-Files was a new show, I was like, yeah, yeah, the government's always lying about stuff. Yeah, yeah, conspiracies. And then when they did that X-Files miniseries a few years ago, and they had uh, Joel McHale playing like an Alex Jones type character. And I was like, looking forward to the the scene where they take him down a notch. And they didn't because in the world of the X-Files, the Alex Jones character is accurate, is correct, because there (laughs) are conspiracies with aliens. And I was like, oh, no, the the X-Files is undermining the the stable ground of society. I never realized this before.
0: Yep. Yeah, so uh, speaking
1: of uh, speaking of uh, conspiracy theories, though, that's where uh, Brian Tyree Ken- Henry's character comes back because Millie Bobby B- Brown's character, who we know from previous movies, is a huge fan of his podcast. T- mm-hmm. What is it? TTP Titan Truth Podcast, which, something like that. Terrible yeah. name. Never <laughs> going to get picked up. You need a fucking pun, dude. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's the only way to do it.
0: Definitely a pun yeah. that like people aren't sure whether you spell it uh, like as two separate words. Mm-hmm. Like for the pun or with one word, like the normal word. And, yeah. And uh, like maybe a pun also that people are like, oh, was that like financially unsuccessful? And you have to be like, no, no, it's a kind of a loose sort of uh, interpretation. And then,
2: and then you want that same pun to be used for an unrelated television show on the yeah. short lived Vice channel to so screw mm-hmm. up the Google searches forever mm-hmm. from that point on for history. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, he's looking, she's looking for. Brian Tyree Henry, and she brings and her who's, friend. And who's the Josh actor who plays along. her friend? Oh, he's great. He's the kid from the Hunt for the Wilderpeople. People. That, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, I got
3: more excited about him showing up than I did about Godzilla Kong or
4: anybody else. It's <laughs> yeah. like it's wow. Ricky Baker.
3: <laughs> that's
2: that. That's and he's an he is another one who's like he's given very little to do in the movie, which is yeah. just disappointing. And it's to the point where I was like, why is he in the movie? Because I guess he's supposed to be her comic relief friend, but Brian Tyree Henry is the comic relief in all these scenes. So, and and, the, and his, when his, the, the fact that later on, in the, near the end of the movie, he's like, I'm a hacker. I'll fix this problem, and doesn't fix it. Yeah, and it's great. like, so why is he there? It's, but it's he's a, but I, I wanted to see him do more, because he's a great Emotional performer. Emotional support. And yeah. speaking
1: of making a meal out of a small role, while they're tracking down this, uh, this conspiracy theory guy, they get some help from a local, what, like, grocery store clerk? Played by friend of the podcast, oh, yeah. Ronnie, Ronnie Chang. Chang. Uh-huh. Yep. Oh man, he's so fun. <laughs>
0: I sent he I sent him a, a a screenshot. Like he he said something like, "Uh, it was something about like uh you two kids or something." I just sent him a thing thing that he was creepy, uh, and he sent me a thumbs up. So that's oh, uh, cool. Behind the scenes,
1: Rece- message received. <laughs> message received.
0: Um, so. Uh, we watched we watched this movie, guys. Uh, anyway, <laughs> Madison, I did, I did twice. Yeah, so, wow.
2: so do you want me to do you want me to lay out the plan that the ba- that the, that our hero well, scientist gonna, plus they, bad guy has? They,
0: they want to get Kong to help them go through the hollow earth.
2: He's going to mm-hmm. lead them into the hollow earth because Kong, as with all Titans, is full of this energy that calls to itself, and it's a it's one of these things where they're like Kong will be drawn naturally to the point where we need him to go except he isn't they've got to mm. transport him the whole way and mm-hmm. once he goes in the tunnel it's just a straight line right into the hollow where like, they really and he even need like him slips
1: there. a little bit yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like crashes into the sides of the tunnel
2: <laughs> yeah. it's, uh, but they have to they're gonna have it's rebecca hall is like hey This is the secret facility that we keep Kong so that he'll be safe. And you are telling me basically you want to, like, borrow Kong so that this Uh evil company that is clearly evil can find some energy cubes in the middle of the Earth And based on this theory that you have? And he goes, yes. And she's like, sign me the fuck up. Let's (laughs) let's
1: (laughs) throw Kong in that hole. To give the movie credit, they don't waste a bunch of time, like, showing us how they get Kong onto the boat. He's just on the boat. Like, thank God. Like, like, I, I like found th-
3: that to be a disappointment. I wanted oh, okay. to see them drug Kong and drag him onto this boat and then figure out how to put him on a net and get him with it's there with helicopters. I mean, It's, it's like, so
2: funny if they're like, if she's like, you can't use Kong for this. And he's like, well, we already have an aircraft carrier with huge chains attached to it. So like, can you, the outlay, can we, can you just make this happen? <laughs> That's coming out of my paycheck if, if we can't
3: get Kong. But yeah, I, you wanted more Kong logistics is what you're saying. Well, I I wanted them to explain why they were doing any of this stuff because it just—everything was like, um, and this is what we're doing. And it's like, why are you bringing your daughter along? Like, I don't know. As as soon as she showed up, I was like, what, what? But it's similar. In Godzilla, King of the Monsters,
2: they're at a secret facility where they deal with monsters and Vera Formiga has brought her daughter along to hang out with okay. her. It's like every, every Monarch and Apex, it's all bring your daughter to work day every day when
3: you're dealing with Titans, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, and I just, yeah, and it, I mean, this movie in particular was like, somebody put a leash on this girl. She is, I mean, she, she clearly knows what she's doing, but she's going to get stepped on.
2: Yeah, <laughs> now just, just for the, I want to say Xander speaks only for himself and not for the podcast when he advocates putting
3: leashes on girls. That's not
4: something that, <laughs>
2: <laughs> that not something that I advocate, certainly, but uh Speaking of
3: somebody who had a toddler, uh, or a seven-year-old or whatever it's like i wanted a leash on that kid like don't <laughs> wander tr- into traffic i'm serious
2: it is true that it's weird that they have she just has full it's i mean and the movie meg is like this too there's a top secret facility in a dangerous place and a kid just has free reign to just wander which i guess is the ultimate the ultimate fantasy when you're like a nerdy kid is like to mm-hmm. have free range all over a monster facility but yeah
0: i don't um, know so they're on the boat with Kong, a sedated and restrained Kong, and Godzilla is Almost like, as
2: if you're quoting the Wikipedia summary that I have
0: right in front of me. Shush. Shush. <laughs> shush. <laughs> I mean, look, if one of you wants to like will clear doing great. that I'm the most confused one and yeah. You're doing great. But this part is easy I think to you're find doing out. Amazing. They've
2: got a sedated and restrained Kong and what happens?
0: Uh, You've got a titanic God-
1: task Godzilla, and you're Godzilla making comes a meal of it
0: and attacks and I was sort of unclear as to why do you de- is there a reason mm-hmm. why Godzilla is attacking the boat?
1: Can't have two alphas, baby. Can't have two alphas,
2: exactly. Only one of them can be the apex predator. Everyone else has bent the knee to Godzilla. But as Rebecca Hall mentioned, Kong bows to no one. So mm-hmm. Godzilla's got to force Kong to bow to him. And mm-hmm. uh, all the- he's he's just been itching for that. Godzilla's just had a King Kong-shaped hole in his heart, and he's been yep. itching to fill it. And now, yeah. finally, he, he can detect uh, that bioenergy. Just, it's, it,
0: I didn't. I was like, ugh. I can see the whole layout of this, like, uh-huh. at this moment. I'm like, because, we, we, you know, part of the reason why I, I don't um, I don't remember as much to pull the curtain back is I watched this with friends. It was originally not uh, going to be for the Flophouse. I watched it for friends. We were chatting, and, like, at this point, uh, you know, in, like, the text chat, I was like, oh, you know, this is, they're going to fight each other, like but then it's going to be revealed like obviously this company you know wants this technology for something bad and they're going to come together and they're going to like attack the worst thing like there's good like it's always in these versus things like okay well how can we do this uh every like these two people have their fans so we need to have them ultimately team up against the true villain of the movie and, mm-hmm. you know, I'm not fucking giving myself all that much credit that to say, yes, that's what happens in the film. Um, but uh, it, it just seems like such rote, like, okay, uh, I guess now that he's in the water. That's where Godzilla lives. They're going to fight a little bit now before the big fight later on. So, so you're saying
2: you wanted less Godzilla Kong fighting in your Godzilla Kong. I versus wanted more Kong
0: Godzilla fight. Kong fighting. They just don't need to, like, explain it so much. Like, I kept thinking about the yeah, yeah. that, like, Barton Fink thing. It was just like, it's a wrestling picture. What do I, I got to draw you a map? Like, this is a, like, <laughs> monkey... Uh, Gorilla. Uh, a, a, this is an ape lizard wrestling picture that we were watching. We do not need all this shit that well, that, it, is I think, clogging I think it up
2: it, the microcosm of that is in the opening credits there's all these like images and diagrams and, and scientific findings and they show all these anatomical drawings of like what Kong's skeleton would be like and I just wanted them to have a piece of paper that said like a gorilla but bigger like this <laughs> like you don't need yeah you don't need to fill in all this junk like it's to, it's a big gorilla and a and a radioactive dinosaur yeah uh, but Xander, i thought you were so going what, what to point it? out
1: that uh, that the in in the opening credits they have like they keep pairing off godzilla with different monsters from the past movies and each time they're like they have a big stamp on them and they're like defeated <laughs> yep. defeated and you see godzilla going up in the rankings and you're like holy shit godzilla's gonna do it mm-hmm. and then it right. pairs them off with kong and you're like oh that's the movie we're about to watch, mm-hmm. which I feel like is, is what you just want. You want to see the title bout. You don't want to see the undercards. Yeah. Well, and I think
3: too, like you want to see, you want to see, okay, well, what would it look like if Godzilla fights Kong on seven boats or whatever it is, mm-hmm. and then what would it be like if Godzilla fights Kong in Hong Kong? And it's like I actually kind of wanted like four more, you know, like what, what mm-hmm. if he fought him in Hollow Earth? What if he fought him in the, yeah. you know, yeah. And I you got, just you buy the about DLC on a train. For, what about on a plane? T- yeah, exactly. What about
1: on a
2: goat? What about with a boat? Yeah, I mean, they did do with a boat. I guess. Well, you after, after
1: you beat the main game, you unlock additional levels to battle in. Well, oh, yeah, it's, okay.
2: they had to show them fighting
1: each on their home turf. Godzilla, the
2: ocean, and Hong Kong being Kong's home turf—it's named after oh, okay. him, I you know, because yeah. his family settled it all those years ago. But the, he's retru- that's why he's, he goes there because he's like, I got to—I I just have a hankering for my mom's home cooking. Uh,
0: yeah. So there's a fight. Uh, the, the ships disable their power to pretend that they're like out of commission. After Godzilla they, totally smacks Kong around, yeah. And then they, it's uh,
1: a, I think it's a fun fight. Like, I think it's fine, fine we'll, whatever. We're, like, we'll, the shit out of each other. It's all right. I liked that hey. Kong
3: was jumping from boat to boat. I thought yeah. that was kind of a cool yeah, move. Cool. And yeah. that the the wide shot that they showed in all the trailers of, like, Kong, like, just giving a roundhouse punch to to uh, to Godzilla's Godzilla, face. I was yeah. like, that was what sold me on the movie, where people were talking about it. I'm like, yeah, you know, I'll probably see it. But the, when he punched him right in the face in this wide shot, I'm like... Okay, yeah, that yeah, that yeah. that tingled my brainstem somewhat, and I'm like, I gotta see this movie. Yeah. I <laughs> think, and then, they... and
1: then he's like John McClane's off the uh, off the exploding aircraft yeah. carrier while Godzilla's <laughs> yeah. nuclear breath almost roasts him. It's great. Yeah, well, they they do. I wish they didn't do. This falls into what we're
2: talking about, like over explaining everything. They do a lot. To make sure we know that Kong is at a disadvantage here. First, Godzilla's attacking him before, he and he's all chained up. Then they're falling into the water, and it feels like the movie was really uh, going a long way towards making sure, as Dan said, that like the the Godzilla and Kong partisans were not offended, you know, yes, at any point.
0: Right. And it, it reminded me, that, me that, of like, the. Uh, I wonder if we're going to say the same thing that like that article about the Fast and the Furious movies. Uh, no, no. Oh, we, we're, like they, were, they
2: were they were counting, counting how many punches. punches. Yeah. <laughs> Because Jason Statham and what was it, The Rock, could not yeah. none, one of them couldn't have more punches than the other. <laughs> but the, it, but it, it made me think of like the original God uh, King Kong versus Godzilla. Like King Kong just wins basically in that movie, right? Like it's implied anyway.
3: Yeah, uh, I don't know. Well, remember. he had electrical powers.
2: That's right. He did get those electrical powers. <laughs> yeah. That's true. But like, the, it's it's funny how uh, there's this this series kind of takes it for granted that King Kong and Godzilla. Ex- have to exist in the same universe and have to fight at some point. When it happened once before, like the Godzilla has had so many adventures. It's like if um, <laughs> like like, <laughs> like there's so there's so much more to Godzilla's story. But it's a little bit. But it's, it's a little not bit less like, fights. No, no, yeah. I mean, there's love, there's <laughs> loss. No, but Godzilla's had so many Turn adventures in. with other monsters. And it's this little. It's something you gotta imagine. Godzilla is talking to his agent about this series, and he's like, Kong, like. Yeah, I worked with him once. Like, I don't understand. Why do people think that we have a thing together? Like, I don't get it. Like, that was one time, you know.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well that's Hollywood for you. Um
2: Like if they if they're like if 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 they're like uh <laughs> they're like Hulk Hulk Hogan's coming back for the Hulk Hogan universe, we gotta have Lou Albano in there, of course. Why? I don't understand. What is it? Is there some mystical connection between the two of them? Like I don't uh but anyway, that's... Uh, anyway, they, they airlift Kong to
0: the, the entrance to the hollow earth. Mm-hmm. Oh, boy. This movie. Okay. And uh, <laughs> so, meanwhile, Madison and Josh have located the podcaster, uh, mm-hmm. and uh, they're all, they all they sneak into this apex base and find a secret facility, mm-hmm. uh, take a monorail <laughs> yep, to Hong Kong, and... Uh, no,
1: you're... <laughs> It's not just a regular monorail, though. It's like uh, they go take an elevator deep into the earth, and then mm-hmm. they take this futuristic monorail thing. With zero use, rails. Like, it's yeah, a zero no rails. Yeah, zero rails. It's just a, it's t- like t- a, it's a Yeah. It's, it's uh, what Elon Musk has been promising us with the Hyperloop,
2: but it, even though it just turns out to be a tunnel you can drive your car through in real life.
1: Yeah, uh, it takes them from, what, Sarasota? Where are they at? Tallahassee? Pensacola. 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 And then, <laughs> the worst soda that
2: was the joke I they, made uh, earlier, Pensacola
1: yeah, they, uh, and it, Pensacola. it rockets them uh, along with some eggs of some skull crawlers or something, which I as think you may from- remember
2: from Kong Skull Island, those are the the big bad guys in those. The, uh-huh. the skull crawlers that come from the Hollow Earth and are loosely based on a lizard we see for ten seconds in the original yeah. King Kong.
1: So it's important, <laughs> but it's important that we know that they're like why would they be transporting skull crawlers in this really futuristic train up? I guess we'll find out when they get to Hong Kong, Mm. which we will when they get to Hong Kong. Well, and why would they have them there as opposed to already
3: being like they were from Skull Island, which has got to be closer to Hong Kong? That's true. Uh, it
1: really <laughs> makes you wonder
2: why Apex doesn't have one facility where they've been dealing with all this. Since they also Apex in Pensacola is where they were building this, what turns out to be a giant eye, basically. But the rest of the thing is in Hong Kong. So, I, and it has the, the eye with it's, it. So I don't it's know what
1: logistics, dude. I mean, it's complicated. It's the like only way this makes when...
2: any sense is if Apex is related to Congress, and Congress is like. We got to get contracts for all these states. Got to bring jobs to all these different mm-hmm. states. That's why the that's why the big anti-Godzilla weapon. Part of it's being built in Oklahoma. Part of it's being built in Florida. Part of it's being built in New Jersey. Part of it's being built in Oregon. We gotta gotta get those jobs there. It's because it's more efficient. I could be wrong about this. I think it's probably more efficient to build a thing in one place.
4: <laughs> wow.
2: I'm not a supply chain expert. My dad is. Yeah. I'm not. I'll ask him about it. But. Uh.
0: Uh, well, anyway, they 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 discover basically what they discover in Hong Kong is they're making a mecha Godzilla, of course. What else Heck would yeah. they be doing? Um, and uh, the. I, I don't even know. It's te- telepathically controlled by one of the dudes. I'm not really sure like, they ha- who so, all these do- people So are. Dr.
2: Sarazara, what he does is he gets into the severed head of Ghidorah, the skull <laughs> of, of Ghidorah that was bought by Charles sure. Dance at the end of Char- Godzilla mm-hmm. King the Monsters. We can only imagine what what uh, what amazing adventure led to eco-terrorist Charles Dance giving the skull to corporate mo- corporate bad guy, uh, what's his name again from the, from Apex? But uh, the- Walter Simons Walter Simmons or Simmons. something? Simmons. Well, Simmons, yeah, uh, Walter Simmons, uh, the incredibly memorable character name of Walter Simmons, and the so Dr. Sarazawa gets into this giant skull and like places one of those helmets that doesn't touch your head but creates kind of like a yeah. a uh, a Dyson air ring uh, fan <laughs> around your head, and he controls uh, Mechagodzilla telepathically that way, but because he's controlling it through a King Ghidorah skull. Uh, it's it's pretty clear that this thing has some Ghidorah in it, which is not yep. good, because that uh, monster was a
1: bad guy. You can tell monster, he's a bad
2: yeah. guy, again, because he's not from
1: here. He's a yeah. foreign monster. Uh-huh. as Mechagodzilla, you know Mecha is bad because his laser beams are red instead of blue, which is Godzilla's color, because Godzilla's yeah. a good yeah. guy. Yeah, so
0: basically, yeah. to sum up, uh-huh. they they need King Kong to go mm-hmm. into the Hollow Earth yep. to get... A power source they can use for a mecha Godzilla that uh-huh. is telepathically controlled through the skull of Ghidorah. Which it sounds so need much need more fun it... than it is. It sounds so <laughs> yeah. much
1: more fun. That just by the way, but they don't even need the power source. They just need to do a scan of it and then they uh, trans- transmit the data through, I guess, the best fucking Wi-Fi connection I've ever heard of. <laughs> That's <laughs> the surface true. of the earth. <laughs>
3: yeah. So well, yeah. And I want to I want to say something too about this uh, Maya Simmons, who the no one even like they it uh, isn't even worth mentioning. Uh, in the, oh right, in his the daughter who's who's that, overseeing
2: the the he, she's his man on the ground. You know about what's right? Going who's on, the yeah.
3: who's the least diplomatic person in this whole movie? Where she just is like. Oh, there's the tiny sample that we want to take, and people are like, "Hey, wait a minute!" And so all of a sudden, these these soldiers pull guns on, it, it, notably the little girl, yep, <laughs> and and everybody else, and they're like, "We're taking this away," and it's like chill out i'm sure everybody can like agree that like if you find a little thing of you know magic energy on the ground you can have it like it's fine <laughs> nobody yeah. else is it's here it's all over the
1: place in here
2: <laughs> yeah it's it's everywhere so we should we should mention uh up to the, before before the guns get pulled uh there's they get into that hollow earth uh they convinced kong to go in because rebecca hall has convinced a little girl who has revealed that she can speak sign language with kong she's taught uh-huh. him sign language that maybe his home is in there Leads them to the hollow earth gravity inversion. Luckily they're in the heaves, which are these kind of like super mm-hmm, armored mm-hmm. battle toed little cruisers that they, yep. that they're in. And there's a lot of, ah, as the camera shakes, as yeah, they're uh-huh. dealing with all the G forces. And as someone made clear on Twitter, it seems very heavily influenced by the back to the future ride that used to be at universal studios. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's a, they, Kong jumps around in this hollow Earth world for a long time, yeah. and there's well, no other the, gorillas there. He's got to be disappointed there's no other gorillas.
0: They're in the middle it's of like the It's like a really cool earth, album so cover. Like, yeah. you got this kind of neutral gravity thing going on, so he's like floating around, like floating through some glowing stones. I guess those glowing stones are why this inside... Area appears to have a sun, even though we're inside. Yeah, yeah, uh, it has
2: a
1: sun and weather, uh,
0: yeah. even though
2: we're yeah. yeah we're in the center of the earth.
1: And, and uh, it's got a bunch of fucking quetzalcoatls that King Kong has to battle, and he like rips off one of their heads and he eats the insides. It's great. The, this and is, I'm is where
2: we, we get, a lot of this part. About... This is a foreshadowing, and that you know now that Kong's big move is to rip off a
0: head and then drink
2: whatever drips out of the bottom of it.
0: Yeah, which maybe and, we'll see him do later. And this movie, like. I am complaining a lot about this movie. If this movie had gotten to like something as weird as this Hollow Earth sequence faster with less exposition, I would love it. Like it, it is it is a truly strange sequence to be in the middle. Oh of yeah, this is this blockbuster. They but. go
2: to I mean it only gets weirder when Kong leads them to like a hidden temple where he finds a magic energy axe that he uses <laughs> he plants into the ground and it unlocks like a throne room. It's it, there's mm-hmm. there's so much it like it gets all so. All makes sense to me. It gets so like seventies pulp, like Conan the Barbarian monster n- nonsense stuff. And it's if this movie, if they went to the Hollow Earth real early in this movie, and they cut out all the conspiracy podcaster stuff, and they cut out a lot of the other above ground stuff, and it was just like, like I wanted to see Godzilla show up in this Hollow Earth, and then have, especially because as we find out later, he can burrow into it with his flame within seconds from the surface yeah. of the of the of the <laughs> Earth. But uh, I like. It feels like the movie is briefly leaning into the weirdness and strangeness of a world where there's a giant gorilla and a giant radioactive dinosaur mm-hmm. and then the world then the movie's like that was a fun little tangent. Okay, back to back to the place where it's a lot of evil corporations and like a, uh, which is not as interesting to me. But anyway, yeah,
3: yeah. They, I uh, mean, I think that's a, a lot of it. Is the difference between what's on like what's in the screenplay where you're like, well, and then they go to Hollow Earth, which you know on a screenplay doesn't look that interesting, but then when you realize, oh, that's going to be the most visually interesting part of the whole movie. Yeah, maybe that should take up a larger share of it or have more importance. Uh, how did you guys feel about the revelation that Kong
2: comes from, I guess, a race of beings that is developed enough to create axes that harness
1: energy from the center of the earth for <sighs> ultra strength? I mean that that axe looks like it was made out of a bone and a Godzilla scale, so I don't. It's not that complicated. I don't know how I feel about
2: King Kong being able to use, create, construct basic tools. I don't know why. I just bump against it. I mean, don't
0: uh, don't. But but great apes do that, right? They construct basic tools. Mm-hmm. I mean, great really apes great do apes. sometimes. Yeah, great, great really apes crazy. do a lot. Yeah,
2: well, great apes wear hats too
3: and stuff like that and jackets. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's it's funny because it's like at a certain point I get to the, this thing where they're like, and this bit of lore is you know is true about about Kong, this ninety year old character, and it's like, oh okay, you know, like I, I give it the biggest did, of
0: shrugs. Like I didn't right? need
1: the receipts, guys. <laughs> yeah, I mean like.
0: In a vacuum, I think a giant ape with a with a big axe is great. I'm all yeah, for yeah. it. Uh, yeah, in the context of this movie, yeah, I don't know. I'm not sure.
2: I, <laughs> I guess it is funny the I'm idea so that into Kong. It. The idea I shouldn't be, but I shouldn't be beholden to the idea that Kong has any sort of continuity. That this is contradicting. Because again, like Godzilla, continuity, continuity. Thank you. <laughs> uh, Godzilla has 50 years of adventures, and for a lot of that time, there was some loose continuity between you know the different toho movies but kong is like he was in one movie in 1933 then he's in another movie in the late 70s then he's in another movie in like 2005 that's until kong skull island that's pretty and there's kong lives but like that's uh, let's not talk Mm -hmm. about that one and king Kong escapes and king escapes and and god's liver so like there's the toho kong like king kong i guess he's all things to all people it's not like there's this grand tapestry of kong continuity
3: (laughs) or continuity as you said well and Mm -hmm. even even in the uh the original kong it's like he was because of the things that he was next to, it's like he was like different, all different heights during the movie. You know, like he's, you know, he's like 100 feet tall and then he's 30 feet tall, depending on what they had, you know, the other uh, like props they had for him to yeah. be next to.
0: Yeah. So well, I mean, I really like
1: And it feels like they're kind of playing loosey goosey with size for this movie as well. Right. Like Kong is much smaller than Godzilla, right?
2: Yeah, but not as much smaller but, I mean, as, they, he, as he was in the old movies,
1: you know, like yeah, this they is wallpapered
3: a con- it a little bit in skull island where they're like he's not done growing
2: (laughs) yeah that's true because because this is kong 40 years 50 years almost after we saw him in skull island so he's a little grayer he's a little Mm -hmm. he's a little tireder uh he's always talking about how gorillas now don't do it the way they used to you know in his day uh back when when things were really cool but okay so they go into this they've got
0: the they've got the power source info now the power source info Uh is transmitted Mecha, so Mechagodzilla can, you know... Gets a serious upgrade, you yeah, know, do his thing. <laughs> um, and,
2: and so they tra- they transfer the power source, which, as Stuart said, they don't need to actually bring the energy source with them. They just have to scan it and then send that information to the surface of the Earth by sat phone, even though they're inside Jesus the Earth. Jesus Christ, and I then want they that just, service. And they just download it and inject it into Mechagodzilla through the computers. And it's like, uh-huh. is that how energy works? The energy mm-hmm. is just information Science. that you can you can just read it into the thing yeah. like if you whisper
0: it into mecha godzilla's ear is power yeah. oh. so meanwhile oh, meanwhile this that?
1: is this is calling godzilla to hong kong to the apex facility he shows yeah. up but then he finds out that kong is in the center of the earth, using his axe to draw power. So he rears up and he does one of his big old Godzilla blasts, and he shoots it right down into the middle of the earth, which is awesome. <laughs> well, this, is, this is
2: nuts. that it, He is burrowing miles and miles into the, into the earth with one Godzilla blast, and it takes him very little time. And it's like, if this was— That's a powerful blast, Elliot. It is a powerful blast. It's a Dentine Ice-style blast. Everything would freeze around it if it was Dentine Ice. And this yeah. is the point where I think if this movie had been just goofball, goofball, goofball all the way through— I would have been like, yes, definitely. But the first hour of the movie, they still feel like they're trying to take yeah. things seriously, and so I to By this point, it's hard for me to buy that Godzilla can bur- can burrow, can bore a hole to the center of the earth that way. When uh, but if earlier, if they had shown me like godzilla using his power to fly and stuff like that i would have been like okay whatever just you, you can do <laughs> I mean, it and, it, and, it's and it's that fine.
1: level of, that level of hole drilling would obviously have horrible seismic reactions across the entire planet yeah. possibly <laughs> greatly affect the tides and shit but it, yeah don't worry about it and about all we got to
0: thornton would then be like oh godzilla is the greatest deep core yeah. driller not Bruce
2: Willis. (laughs) Yeah. So we got to send Godzilla up to that asteroid. The the
1: greatest movie underdog story
2: where you send a bunch of,
1: (laughs) bunch of rig hounds up into outer space to take out an asteroid. Uh,
2: the, the, I want to mention that uh, up to this point also, uh, after the bad guys have threatened the good guys for stealing the energy source, even though everyone – it's like, we know you wanted the energy source. That's why we came here. So why are you threatening us to take it? Uh, yeah. <laughs> they're all attacked by maybe the most hideous character design, I think, monster design I've ever seen in a movie. These kind of like hairless bat bird creatures. Yeah, Wait, like, like vulture yeah. dactyls. They're so – there's and they're supposed to be hideously grotesque looking, and they are. And I was like, movie, you did it. This is a, this is a being <laughs> that I – that I find unpleasant to look at, like viscerally, <laughs> like shoot them all down, exterminate. Although
3: them. the the people that I follow on social media all love that though, fat lizard that got about five seconds earlier on and just
4: ate oh, one of the. He's great.
2: I know he's great. This <laughs> it's great. just there's just this there's just this cool like laid back beach bum lizard that wanders into the frame for a moment and eats something. And it's almost one of those things where you're like, did they not know he was on camera when they were shooting this? It looks like he just peeked like, into... it. Clear this, the shot. The same way that in bridesmaids. Uh, that uh, Tim Heidecker just shows up in the backgrounds of shots, and you're like, because he's playing the fiance, I guess, but yeah. you're like, he has no dialogues. Time. So you're like, d- did they know he was in the movie? That's what this lizard feels it's, like. He's it's just, like. He's just it's like a long
1: running goof, like a uh, Joaquin Phoenix being crazy type goof. Yeah, right. and
2: there's something about this lizard that you instantly see him, and you're like, this lizard. He's got it all figured out. Like he doesn't get a, He doesn't get agitated. All these other guys are being upset, fighting over who's the alpha and the apex predator. And this lizard is like, man, there's enough for everybody. Like, let's right. just cool I'm, it. Let's I'm have...
3: halfway down the list. I'm like a theta predator.
2: Yeah, I'm a th- <laughs> like, I'm, and I'm happy about it. I'm in the center of the earth. I'm just chilling. I'm just cooling my heels. What a mm-hmm. great lizard! If I would, li- yeah. I mean, that we should all be as as laid back as that lizard. You know, mm-hmm. uh, the true hero of the film because he doesn't get it's involved right. in the violence. Right. Uh, but uh, yeah, so Godzilla bl- bl- blasts that hole, and then King Kong what just jumps up through it? I forgot how he gets. He jumps to it to Hong-
1: down through it and then climbs out of it.
2: Oh right! Oh, because the gravity is all yeah. Mixed because down. of yeah. the gravity, yes. so he Whatever. and
1: Godzilla have this this big old battle in Hong Kong. I think the lighting is really cool. It's yeah. like uh, there's a lot of blues and purples, and it's great uh and it's pretty tight god's uh kong is jumping off all kinds of crap he's doing all these moves (laughs) he's flipping stuff around he's using that axe of his to soak up that nuclear breath which by the way i gotta say like i would imagine if i had to shoot things like a shoot a beam out of my mouth you'd have to practice a lot to get good at aiming that thing right probably i mean you see in son of godzilla that godzilla's teaching minya how to
2: blast those things and he, he's just, all he's getting out is the smoke rings it's difficult you know <laughs>
4: that sounds horrible
2: now do you think this now does, does zack snyder's justice league make more sense if the axe that took out dark with two chops so that he had to abandon his invasion of earth was this axe and it was yeah. powered up with godzilla energy yeah. yeah godzilla's
3: just off screen just breathing into it <laughs> yeah it's like we all
2: gotta work together <laughs> again dark side's not from here which means he's bad so we gotta <laughs> we gotta <laughs> kick him off the earth
0: uh yeah, uh, yeah but this so is a yeah, very, him with the axe. very pretty fight scene. Again, if it'd come earlier in the movie, maybe I'd be a happier camper. But like there's all a lot of neon. There's a scene where like, they, like you know, like they hit one of them into a building and it shatters, and because there's so much neon, it just looks like it was a glitter factory that they <laughs> fell into. That, that's you know, that's good stuff. Um, but meanwhile, Mechagodzilla, oh boy, he's being activated. Uh that's a bad Plan, guys that's true yep <laughs> i agree <laughs> you shouldn't let mecca godzilla loose on the world no although um, this is
2: all part of walter simmons plan he says now we will be the apex predator and it's like did you name your company after mm. that like that's silly but okay it I'm was okay all building it. up
1: to this speech that was yeah, the cool thing well that's the, the, yeah. that and he has they even deep, make a joke about it
2: <laughs> like, he has a real deep blue sea type moment where He's like i've realized this i had a dream once a dream that Huh? And then Sarazawa loses control of Mechagodzilla and it kills Simmons. And yeah. Brian T- Tyree Henry goes, "I wanted to hear the rest of that speech." And that yeah. was the one joke in the movie where was like, "Okay, that was a funny joke." That was, that I was like a good that.
4: Joke.
1: Yeah. Uh, so in their fight, it looks uh, Godzilla initially loses to Kong, and then he turns it around. He does a lot. He starts using his teeth. I mean, that's the key. He starts biting a lot. And well, I think when he's, he's... he
2: starts fighting like a lizard instead of, like, a pun- a boxer,
1: you know? That's true, yeah. He does Which, what uh, Daniel
2: Tiger would say. You take a bad thing, you turn it around, make something good out of it, you
1: know? He's got those short arms. I mean, he's not going to beat Kong in a boxing match.
2: Kong's reach is crazy. His, lo- his arms are longer than his legs. He's yeah. a gorilla. Yeah. Like, reach uh-huh. is his thing. So you want to jump on Kong's back and start biting him with your
1: teeth. Like, that's exactly. what you want to do, yeah. And that's kind of what happens. They they do a lot of biting and, and fighting and whatnot, and uh, eventually <laughs> it ends with Godzilla stomping on Kong's They fight, and chest. fight, and bite. Wait, sorry, you're saying sir? <laughs> uh, Godzilla's stomping on Kong's chest. I think he's dislocated Kong's shoulder at some point and he's stomping on his chest and they're yelling in each other's faces. But it, it seems like Godzilla has won this round. I did like when they were roaring in each other's faces.
2: That felt like they were real characters for a moment. Even though, again, it did mean another close-up of Godzilla's mean old man face. Oh, it. it always looks like Godzilla's just taking a sip of prune juice and he's like, oh,
1: get off <laughs> yeah. my lawn. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, he's showing off how good the Shelbyville lemons are. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Yeah, exactly, but Godzilla's <laughs> all hurt, and then the little kid comes in to talk to Godzilla, right? Or sorry, Kong, Kong. Uh-huh. Uh, I mean, it'd be
2: amazing if she went in to talk to Godzilla and she's like, "Sorry, Kong, you're a loser. I'm getting on the right train. Hey, Godzilla, want to learn
0: sign language? Uh, yeah. Join <laughs> up with me." Do they like they like uh, electrify him, right, to revive him? Yes,
2: they take the heave machine, the the
0: vehicle that they used before.
2: They use that the electricity from it to jolt Kong's heart back to the world living, and then Kong. Bashes into a building to put to reset his dislocated shoulder. Great.
3: Well, Uh, now I would think that if that if if the jumping off of the ship to avoid the the Godzilla beam was a uh Die Hard reference, this has got to be a Lethal Weapon reference. Yeah, for sure. He smashes his shoulder back into place or whatever. (laughs) Yeah, I think so. I'm
2: sure. And this is very. I think isn't it at the end of Godzilla King of the Monsters that they have to like set off a bomb to power up Godzilla so that he yeah. has ultra atomic power to str- so like mm-hmm. this movie is even homaging bo-
0: the last movie in the series and that bomb yeah. of course is in a toilet so that's another lethal wef- weapon uh-huh. lift that they did yeah yeah <laughs> right. and Danny
2: Glover is sitting on it yeah, yeah at the yeah. When it's happening
4: yeah yeah
1: the uh so meanwhile mecha Godzilla has uh, shown up and you're like oh man Godzilla he's going to stop these giant monsters first thing it does is start roasting people and blowing mm. up the streets Because he rules these streets. Um, And uh, (laughs) Mechagodzilla starts fighting Godzilla. And Godzilla and Kong are already a little beat up at this point. They beat the shit out of each other. And now they're fighting this giant robot that has legs like Godzilla and arms like Kong. And missiles—the <laughs> ultimate fantasy. <laughs> and missiles.
4: <laughs>
2: Sorry, Stuart. I forgot that you were probably building up to the ultimate fantasy. It's and, okay. Yeah. It's, so, and, so uh, is is very clearly under the control of King Ghidorah's skull, which I guess yeah. has some residual digital uh, ghost uh, uh, understanding. It's a Digimon. Of, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a literal Digimon now. Uh, unfortunately, not a Pokemon. It's very big. You could not fit it in a pocket. Uh, mm-hmm. But the yeah, it's he's just he's just like I'm the monster. I'm the monster now, dog. And he's blasting and roasting and. Mm-hmm. Really giving Godzilla the business. He's just dragging Godzilla around everywhere.
1: Yeah, it's pretty brutal, actually.
2: <laughs> yeah, well, because it's the it's it feels
1: like it
2: does feel like an old school action movie where it's like the two heroes are fighting. That means uh-huh. that one hero is too weak to come against the villain, and so the villain is just taking it on him to the point that the audience is begging the movie to, to save our hero and to yeah. come fighting back. It's like uh, the scene in um, what's that? What is it? Uh, the Tenth Prophecy, the movie with Stacy Keach, where. Uh-huh. You know that he used to be a psychotic uh, covert ops killer, uh-huh. Green Beret, and uh-huh. he doesn't want to f- use violence anymore, and he goes to sure. a roadhouse, and these bikers uh-huh. are really beating him up, and they're making oh, him wow. lick beer off the wooden floor, and the whole Crazy. time you're like, come on, Killer Kane. Like, just get up and destroy these Weird. guys. And the movie takes so long to get to that point that you're really sure. begging for Stacy Keech to just tear these guys apart, which he does. It's like about that.
0: the ninth configuration? The
2: ninth configuration. That's what, what I was uh-huh. the tenth prophecy?
0: Yeah.
2: Same thing. That's ninth the ninth the configuration, sequel. tenth prophecy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Either way, uh, it's not that great a movie.
0: It's it's interesting. <laughs> it's an interesting movie. It's a <laughs> weird weird movie. Um, okay, so they fight. You know, whatever. They beat Mega Godzilla the end. <laughs> I don't know what do you uh, want to hear. They about team it?
2: up. Well, they learn the power of friendship. <laughs>
1: Yep, Godzilla. Yeah. They Godzilla does the alley oop of blowing his nuclear breath onto Kong's axe, powering mm-hmm. that shit up, yeah. and then he just dices him up, man, mm-hmm. and just Kong him up like a turkey Mecha dinner.
2: Guts, does he rip Godzilla's head off and then drink yeah. the oil out of it? I think he does. Probably,
3: yeah. <laughs> yeah, it did seem like he was about to. I don't remember if he drinks it, but yeah, like. <laughs> like yeah, yeah, this is this is uh, blood from a
0: robot. It's awesome.
2: <laughs> this is great. I love it.
0: Yeah, and then they have a little <laughs> moment between them, the two of them, where it looks like oh, is Godzilla gonna fight Kong or what's going on? Like, are they gonna take pick it up? But it's like they have like this moment of respect, you know? Yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: and uh, everyone is every, they you know they're like yeah they they decide they're not gonna fight each other. Uh-huh. They're gonna go off. It. They can both be the alphas now. And And then
1: uh, uh, It Takes Two by uh, mm -hmm. Rob Bass and DJ Easy Rock starts playing. And we're like, oh, you you two crazy guys. Yeah, (laughs) you'll be back.
2: Uh, Everyone's reunited with their families. This is when looking at the uh, Wikipedia summary that I forgot that – the character that Kyle Chandler plays is named Mark Russell, and now I want to see a version of this where he's that Mark Russell who plays the parody songs about <laughs> <Yep>. politicians.
3: <laughs>
2: but he does it I was about dinosaurs. Of the uh, comic
3: book writer, but yeah.
2: Oh yeah, yeah, they or him too. But uh, I love the idea. In this movie, I want to see the version of this where there's like Weird Al does kind of a kaiju parody of a popular song. Like that's how deep it is into the culture, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um. But now, yeah, everyone's fine, and Godzilla and Kong go their their own ways. And uh, does Kong Kong goes back to the Hollow Kong Earth? Kong goes right? into the Hollow Earth
0: where he can, like, you know, scratch his butt and sit around and you know carry his because <laughs> he couldn't and... do
2: that before when he was in the Monarch Facility. Oh, now he they sits around on him. a
0: throne, though Kong's throne in the middle of the yeah. Earth.
2: Now he's truly a King Kong. They mm-hmm. really took the name yeah. literally, even oh, though he's never been called that. That's
3: why. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Mm-hmm. But he's a
2: king without a kingdom. There's no other gorillas there. He just sits on the throne talking to nobody. It's really sad. Yeah, like, you're the only
3: uh, one. By default, you're the king. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> <laughs>
2: it's it's a, it's a sad way to become a king when there's just nobody else left. Uh, and he's I king forget, of those lizards. There, and there's no credit scene or anything, right? There's no there's no teaser for another adventure in the. No, I don't think so. No. Yeah, I was a little
3: disappointed by that. It seems yeah. like we've been we've been primed. I was ready. Wanna...
2: I was ready for the moment where they were like, "You see some like." alien, you know, some alien in a silver suit is like, hmm, Mechagodzilla failed. What do we do? And then another guy just turns the camera and goes, get me Megalon. And then you're mm-hmm. like, uh-oh! Mm-hmm. And I know yeah. Megalon came from under the Earth, too, I think. So, that's it's a reboot. You know, it's different. So,
0: <laughs> Alright, guys, this is where we do our final judgments. Whether this is a good-bad movie, a bad-bad movie, or a movie we kind of liked, um, I will go because I'm talking, I... Did not okay. care for this movie. Maybe look, look. I'm sorry that I, uh, my, um, understanding of this movie was uh, pretty weak. I feel like I've let the listeners down. But these movies, no, no, you didn't. These movies slide off my brain. Like they, they put, they try to lay mm. so much track for something that so seems like it should be so easy. Like I need both much less justification. Uh, and more than the movie provides me, just in the sense that, like, so much of the movie seems to be moving chess pieces into place uh, in elaborate ways. And yet, like, I still am not quite sure why the big monsters are fighting, other than big monsters always fight. Like, if it had been a thing, it would have been much simpler to me if this guy's plan was, like, hey, look, I need to build mecha godzilla to protect us from these titans we need to be the apex humans need to be in charge in the meantime i am like i have discovered this frequency that is like i'm I'm sending out these waves like we'll get the titans to fight one another and eliminate them each other until i can swoop in or something like that because like yeah I At agree. least that, like, I understand. Like, they're, they're like big animals, and they need a big animal reason to be fighting, you know? But instead, it's just sort of like, I don't know, man. They just, you know, they rubbed each other the wrong way somehow, somewhere along the line. <laughs> there's a
2: surprisingly complicated <laughs> emotional dynamic between the gorilla yeah. and the
0: radioactive dinosaur.
2: Well, I think it's, there's a, I, I didn't hate this movie, but it failed to live up to my hopes for it, uh, aside yeah. from a couple of, actually weird and, and kind of weird visual scenes but it's like i see what you're saying that so there's a uh i think i mentioned on the podcast before there's an essay umberto echo wrote years ago called how to tell if you're in a porn movie mm-hmm. and it's like you can't have a movie that's just sex scenes one after another you have to have some filler in between and so if you find yourself spending a lot of time going from one place to another place and then having sex and then driving from one place to another place then you might be in a porn movie and it feels like here they know you cannot have two hours of just monsters punching each other in the face. Rampage the movie, they tried it, they proved that you can't You can't do that. Uh, <laughs> you need to have some kind of plot, some kind of characters. And so they're trying really hard to explain it, but they never tap into what is a really strong reason. Which is like, in the best of these monster movies, the monsters represent something. You know, like, in the original Godzilla, it's not about, wouldn't it be scary if a big monster started knocking over buildings? It's about it's what what is it like when an atomic bomb is dropped on your city you know and how do you, yeah. how do you handle that or as goofy as godzilla versus the smog monster is like it's a movie about how pollution is bad you know like it's it's like it feels like these movies should be about their natural forces that people feel superior to but are not and they try to manipulate them and they can't and they are trying to get at this with this movie and they just don't quite make it there and it's like yeah. they need a stronger reason that needs less what i would call informally technological gobbledygook. I love a certain amount of technological gobbledygook like uh, if anything, any if there was just a scene where a scientist is like you see here this uh, this neutron energy explodes out from the pores and goes into these radiation finders. If there's one scene of that I'd be like I love it. Now let's move on. But instead there's scene after scene of it uh and yeah by the end of it you're like as you're saying Dan you're like why are the monsters fighting again? Like what like what is are they what is their goal in doing this? <laughs> yeah. So it, but the I, – I did like that Hong Kong fight a lot. It's super it's super gorgeous to look at as long as yeah. I'm not – as long as I'm imagining that they evacuated the city ahead of time, you know. Uh,
0: what do you guys think? Stuart?
1: Stu, yeah, Cans. so uh, I – I got to say I kind of like this movie, guys. Uh, even
2: after what Dan and I said?
1: I know. Uh, you can't – you can't – hate on my parade you know that's what they say um but no i i think it i i don't i mean maybe maybe it's exactly the same quality of movie as the last one and i'm just at a different point in my life who knows you know that's what we're all just on our own individual journeys <laughs> kind of like calling it godzilla yeah but uh, but they weren't on their own individual journeys they were I, tied
2: together by a mystic energy bond
1: that's true um so, I like that... Uh, I feel like the movie is fairly light on its feet. Like, it doesn't get bogged down too much, despite being... Despite your opinion, I think I think it actually moves pretty quickly. Um, I like the the fights. I think they're all in kind of, like, different environments. You get a lot of different environments in this movie. Um, it's pretty to look at, uh, and it, you can actually see the monsters. I like the Godzilla design. Uh, yeah, in general... Like, I think it's certainly a fine movie um, that I'm sure there's a ton of things wrong with, but for, like, a big blockbuster. And I also think, like, I kind of wish I'd seen it in a movie theater. I bet it was those big those big fight scenes would have looked fucking great in a movie theater. Yeah, I bet they probably did. Yeah. Yeah, I think, I mean... Well, I'll let you in on a little secret.
3: There's virtually not a monster movie that I don't like, <laughs> <And> so <laughs> I mean, so it's probably a movie that I kind of like. But I mean, I agree with Dan in that it it did slide right off my brain. Like I I, I watched it twice because I watched it uh, again when you guys when you guys uh, contacted me, and I was like, oh, that's what was happening in this movie. Like it to- <laughs> I had totally forgotten that there some things where had happened, and I was like, oh, I finally sort of pieced the plot together, and it's like. This movie made no impression on me whatsoever in terms of, like, drama. You know, it was just sort of like I saw a bunch of stuff. Um, And I have to say, this is the thing that really bugged me throughout the whole movie because I was sure it was going to happen. I couldn't believe that, like, somehow King Kong wasn't knocked into an apex sign knocking off the X and then rising triumphantly with uh, ape that's know. why that's why you're the it's best like,
1: in the biz yeah. and it's
3: like it's, it's not like i think that's the greatest like visual of all time but i couldn't believe that this movie didn't do it like no, it's but, not like it would be too dumb but a movie <laughs> yeah. that
2: had the confidence to do something that over the top on the nose like that's a better version of this movie that's a movie that's not ashamed of being like it's a monster fight movie let's go all out and like it's it's getting towards that with godzilla blasting a whole into the center of the yeah. earth. But like, yeah. I, yeah, I wanted to go more. I feel like if the movie had more comfort doing zany things like that mm-hmm. and also had like one character who's a, had a memorable thing about – like the characters are just kind of a little too cardboardy. Yes. And I wanted one of them to be weird or surprising or something the way that like – I used to think about how uh, – the Japanese Godzilla movies, they have tons of talky scenes that are very boring in between the monster fight scenes. But there would always be like one character where I'd be like, well, what's this deal? Wait a minute. So right. this is just this like bachelor scientist who has a son, but it's not his son. It's just like a little kid who lives with him and works with him in the lab. <laughs> yeah. Like there's always – there was always something that was or like, wait, so she's a robot? Like there's there's always like something that was a little out of the ordinary. And here the characters are just so – kind of by the numbers.
3: Yeah. yeah. And they they never it was never sort of like defined who was in charge of what. Like, you know, there was there was like Alexander Skarsgård was giving commands to people who were clearly like military people that he had nothing to do with whatsoever. Yeah. You know, he's he's telling people stuff that he doesn't know about. I, I don't know. I thought that that was it, it was you didn't have a chance to sort of say like, well, here's the buy the buy the book, you know, military guy. And then here's the wild, you know, theory dude. Yeah. And like, you know.
2: So in the yeah. characters they, there was no uh, there was almost never a scene where a character and another character like argued really. Well, a character would be like <laughs> we got to do this thing and another character would say no and the first character would be like let's do it and the second character would be like I hope you know what you're doing and that would be the extent of the conversation. But you're yeah, yeah, right. right. It's like right. a private company, a private corporation goes to a quasi governmental organization monarch and says can we borrow a giant monster? Mm-hmm. The US military helps the private company transport this monster. Who I don't know who owns you know I don't know who has who has jurisdiction over that monster Rebecca Hall like, I taking guess taking massive
3: damages se- yeah. losing several
2: ships losing <laughs> well, aircraft he doesn't carriers bow to anybody. like losing like real and, and and like and and people you know sailors and things like that
1: I and felt then- kind of the, uh, I felt kind of more bad for all the poor sailors on those boats that were getting exploded because mm-hmm. of yeah. like. Like, oh, man, they don't have a chance. They're just and just everybody else to to is sort of like, well,
3: you know, that didn't work very well.
2: <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's always, I mean, this is it, par, par for the course for these movies, but the fact that by the time they get to the Hollow Earth Tunnel, they're like, yes, let's do it. And it's like, <laughs> were you not affected at
3: all by the naval battle that you were just a
2: part of? Like,
3: Right. They're like, no, I was in a big green room where they were, like, shaking a bunch of tennis balls at me, so I didn't know what was going <laughs> so on. I don't know. I'll figure it out later. They told me I'm
2: seeing a big tunnel, so I guess I'm excited now. But, yeah, there's a... And it, and again, like if the movie was like confident enough to point out how it's the difference between a movie like, um, like I wanted this movie to be less like uh, Godzilla King of the Monsters, which ex- is trying to explain everything all the time, and more like Haosu, where it's just like there's a bunch of stuff happening here like let's get there a watermelon is laughing for some reason in the background of the scene like okay I would let's have, go I would have
1: it. loved. I would have loved your pitch to this studio <laughs> yeah. I want you to invest a ton of fucking money in a monster movie that's more like House <laughs>
2: I think they'd be okay with it when you get that Hollow Earth why aren't the guys from Yellow Submarine stomping around in there come on like yep. go all the way with it you know
3: <laughs> <laughs>
0: We are the host of My Brother, My Brother, and Me, and now, nearly 10 years into our podcast, the secret can be revealed. All the clues are in place, and the world's greatest treasure hunt can now begin.
1: Embedded in each episode of My Brother, My Brother, and Me is
0: a micro-clue that will lead you to 14 precious gemstones all around this big, beautiful, blue world of ours. So start coming through the episodes. Uh, let's say starting at
3: episode 101 on. Yeah, the early episodes are pretty problematic, so there's no clues in those episodes. No, no, not at all. The better ones, the good ones, clues
0: ahoy. Listen to every episode repeatedly in sequence. Laugh if you must, but mainly get all the great clues. My Brother, My Brother, and Me, it's an advice show, kind of, but a treasure hunt mainly. Anywhere you find podcasts or treasure maps, My Brother, My Brother, and Me, the hunt is on! Max Fun Drive
3: 2021 is coming. It'll be May 3rd to May 14th. To get in the spirit, we ask folks like you to let us know what Maximum Fun and our shows mean to them.
0: You know, the, the Maximum Fun Network is really important to me because it is not just a collection of podcasts, but it is a lifestyle and a value system.
3: The podcasts frequently and deftly float between meaningful and irreverent, in one moment drawing attention to social issues, and in another making dick jokes about Klingons. It shouldn't work, but it does. And I have to believe it's because Max Fun's podcasts are, at their core, thoughtful and kind and human during a time that has often felt cold and isolated.
0: So keep being great and doing what you do.
3: Max Fun Drive will
2: be May 3rd to May 14th, 2021, and you won't want to miss it. Brilliant EPS, Drive exclusive gifts, and maybe some surprises. Want to directly support the hosts of the show we just jumped into? Come back May 3rd for Max FunDrive.
0: The Flophouse is sponsored in part by Squarespace, the service that helps you create a beautiful website where you can blog or publish content, sell products and services of all kinds, and much, much more. Squarespace does this by giving you beautiful, customizable templates created by world-class designers, everything optimized for mobile right out of the box. A new way to buy domains and choose from over 200 extensions. Free and secure hosting. So why not go over to squarespace.com slash flop for a free trial and when you're ready to launch, use the offer code FLOP to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain.
2: Uh, Dan, I had an idea for a website and I was wondering if you thought Squarespace would be able to help me with it. Hey, lay Um, it on me, man. Okay, uh, so... I've been watching these movies, these, these monster movies, mm. and I keep thinking, in a world where all these new types of life form exist, these mm-hmm. I, these animals that we have never seen before, Godzilla's, King Kong's, uh, that super cool laid back beach bro lizard that mm-hmm. shows up just for a couple seconds, the quetzalcoatls, mm-hmm. those, those kinds of gross vulture bats,
4: mm-hmm.
2: it's hard to know, can I eat them? and that's where <laughs> www.kaijuish.com comes in your source online for the kosher or non-kosher ratings for all the new monsters titans as they're called in the new movies kaiju as i know them so kaijuish.com is your place to find out can i eat a godzilla or is it
1: considered not kosher it doesn't does that have... determine does that determine which titans are jewish or kosher
2: uh well, it depends on the titan. Uh, a titan okay. like a titan like Kong is fairly humanoid. Uh, it's possible that he is. We can't see if he's circumcised in the movie, but Kai dot com would be able to answer that question. Uh, oh, great. But something like um, you know. Ghidorah, I doubt that he has, unless he's converted upon reaching Earth, I doubt that uh, is, is Jewish. <laughs> Certainly not. I don't think that his family's Jewish. Uh, but at KaiJewish.com, all those answers would be a- answered for you. Uh, com, a guide for the perplexed about monsters. So Dan, do you think that uh, Squarespace would be able to help me with that?
0: Uh, I think Squarespace would be a, a, a perfect service to set up this new business that definitely... Uh, Will exist and be used by people Um, And if you're looking Certainly by rabbis And (laughs) and
2: also laymen who are are, again perplexed
0: uh, If you're looking also uh, Maybe maybe you set up a website And you need um, You know some video content Well worry not Because we're also sponsored By Storyblocks Now more than ever storytellers and content creators Are challenged with producing more Video content at a higher quality Than ever before Keep up with the growing demands for modern video content without sacrificing your vision with stock media from Storyblocks. Storyblocks is dedicated to being the world's best royalty-free stock media subscription service with an ever-growing library that has over 1 million high-quality stock assets, including 4K HD footage, After Effects and Premiere Pro templates, music, images, sound effects, and more. They have affordable subscription plans and tools, and with Storyblocks' unlimited all-access plan, you can get unlimited downloads of everything in their library. And even if your subscription ends, everything you've downloaded is yours to keep. Uh, you know, I used uh, Storyblocks uh, the last time we did a live show. We've talked about it before. Mm-hmm. I did a song about peeing, and they helped out tremendously. If you want to be like me not do a song about ping but use storyblocks you can Why not? explore their well, so library can. yeah
2: sorry yeah. disney i didn't realize you own the copyright on <laughs> ping forever and ever into eternity
0: yeah. <laughs> you can explore their library and subscribe today at storyblocks.com slash flop that's storyblocks.com slash flop i believe uh you gentlemen have some jumbotrons
1: Time for a j-j-j-j-jumbotron. Coming into the ring is Elliot Kalen, ready to read his Jumbotron. <laughs> I got it.
2: I'm ready. I'm shaking my head the way boxers do when they're when they're going in there. Okay, this is a message for Alex. This message is from Jeremy. And the message goes like this Alex, exclamation point. It is your birthday. Or maybe it was, depending on when this makes it. Happy birthday. Pandemics suck, but I'm glad we're healthy. I miss you. I can't wait for future adventures outside Canada to see these three sophisticated New York perverts live. Maybe we can even hear a letters song. I know how much you love those. Oh, that's a very sweet message. I take a little bit of issue with being referred to as a pervert, but sophisticated my perversions are. So, yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Which I I assume just means I'm into girls with glasses. Yep. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Uh... I guess I'll write it in my fucking Elliot journal. Put it in Uh, in my dossier. (laughs) Yep. Uh, I have a jumbotron, so I enter the ring. I'm shaking my head also like a boxer, but like, I think I'm shaking it even more intensely. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. I have a message for David Wogan. And the message is from Wogan's in Austin. Hey there, doctor! That's two exclamation points. We wish you the happiest of birthdays, the greatest of years, and continued success and good times in Tokyo. L-W-A-T-C-D-R. We'll see you in the fall. Enjoy!
0: I don't know what that, I don't know what those letters are. I hope we didn't activate I a <laughs> Manchurian candidate. I hope didn't somewhere. Yeah, or, that, yep. was, that was a trigger but
1: phrase it. and now uh, now I, the end has begun uh-huh bucky barnes is gonna burst through the wall and punch me with that arm of his mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. not the metal one though the other arm <laughs> that's what i meant the oh, other okay. one isn't his arm yeah that's true it
2: doesn't belong to him they can take it from him uh hey dan i had a small plug i wanted to plug in this plug section of the plug show of the plug house sure uh as people may know who have listened i have a comic book out right now it's called maniac of new york it comes from aftershock comics uh i wrote it the art is by andrea modi And it's in stores now, unless it has sold out at your local store, in which case it is available online. But, as always, please support your local comic book store. Uh, They need your business now more than ever, and they are great places to go. So that's Maniac of New York. Issue 3 is on the stands as we record this. Issue 4 will come out in May. It's a five-issue series. I
1: thank you. I can't stress enough how uh, cool it is that the writer of probably the best Friday the 13th riff— Uh, in recent memory is a close friend of mine. So, Elliot, good job on that comic. Oh, thank you very much. That means a lot to me. Thank you. That's
2: sweet.
0: Okay. Well, (laughs) let's uh, take some letters from listeners. Listeners. Wait,
2: are these... We're just ripping them out of their hands? Because this is private Mm -hmm. mail. That's a felony to just take (laughs) letters from people.
0: Oh, no, no. These are actual letters. I I took the letter E. uh, Oh, okay. The most useful one.
2: I just have a Q. Uh, What do I do with that?
1: Mm, uh, well, you try to undermine the government of the United States. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah, because
2: the storm is coming. Anyway, yeah, I know that because all these movies have told me that the government is lying to me about monsters or aliens or whatever. You know.
0: Right. Uh, no, this letter is from Dan, last name withheld, McCoy, who writes. I just want to tell you, I discovered your pod at the beginning of the series of unfortunate events that have befallen the globe. Your catalog has been a ray of sunshine in otherwise dark times tell me what horror movie villain would you attack in single combat given the choice much love dan last name withheld i'm gonna i'm drawing a line in the sand i'm gonna say to this you know what dracula ain't shit I'm wow you uh, can come for me anytime like dracula, well, you've just
2: invite i mean you've just invited him into your house by he will come anytime while you're sleeping or something that yeah.
0: that, that that undermines <laughs> my scheme which was that you know like Vampires, like, look, I get the frightening idea behind them, uh, mm-hmm. both the idea that and someone And the alluring idea behind them. <laughs> both the idea that someone will feed on you and sort of, like, the horror and loneliness of uh, immortality, but it seems like they're also, like, pretty weak. Like, if you come on, like,
2: just, I mean, they can turn
0: into wolves and mists, I don't some, know. Some of them can, if they're powerful enough. You find They're out super like
2: a,
1: super strong.
2: Oh, so by Dracula? Ah! so so when you said Dracula the king of the vampires what you meant was like uh more like a or a weaker he's like cartoon he you meant on
0: top what you meant was,
2: yeah. you meant was Chocula. For too long. You, what you meant to say was Count Chocula <laughs> count and shit Chocula. and that's the
0: one you want to come after you to yeah. stake him and i'm going to eat his chocolatey remains <laughs> he's a he's a horror movie villain count <laughs> no, Chocula. I mean, vampires like you just find them I mean, when they're boxes asleep are movies right you find them when they're asleep you stake them <laughs> They sleep when you're awake, vice versa. Just do it. (laughs) Yeah, it's the cycle of life. (laughs)
1: Yeah, just do it.
0: What do you guys have to say? Monster, Uh, monster, when you take in single combat.
1: Okay, well, I mean, I think this is probably colored by my experience with the movie, but I would have to say, the killer dwarf at the end of Don't Look Now, I think I gotcha. <laughs> uh-huh. And if I don't gotcha, if somehow confronting you makes me, uh, drives me into like a world of madness and I end up getting stabbed to death, well then at least I get to be with the uh, spirit of my daughter in heaven, so hooray. <laughs> okay.
2: this, is how, this is how I imagine uh, Stuart getting into that situation is, you use Donald Sutherland as as your as your bait, and uh-huh. while, while the killer is <laughs> yeah. stabbing him... You you just jump out and push him into the into the canals of Venice. Gotcha.
0: Yep. <laughs> you know what another good one to kill would be uh, is a werewolf because they're just a regular human most of the time. So, but uh-huh. well, if
2: you but when you kill them when they're just a regular person that's murder, Dan. Uh, it's mm. not it's not self defense so much when they're just a person. I mean, just you know?
0: no. The question is just you know who would you attack in single combat given the choice. So, oh okay. Yeah, if yeah. there's like a. Right. rogues if gallery got of already. monsters in front of me and i'm like okay i'll take that guy the guy who will be a wolf later but what if he's right a wolf now. when
2: you're making the choice though dan you can't guarantee i mean he is only a wolf once a month so it's likely he's not going to be a wolf I and mean, then you, you wonder why put, he's volunteering to fight you if he's not a wolf at that moment
0: i'm just saying we can each put whatever conditions we want to on this hypothetical question about made up but crazy, dan
2: what if you crazy. challenge him and he goes all right then i choose the weapon basketball and you're like oh,
0: oh yeah. no werewolves are great at
4: this
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: it's true oh, i'm no. terrible
4: <laughs>
2: Escape uh, from I, L.A.
1: all over again.
2: Yeah. <laughs> uh, I hate it when something turns out to be escape from L.A. again. Oh, man. <laughs> I got I to gotta, I gotta sink all... Th- that is, it's one of the funniest things in that movie where it's like, yeah, this is the most L.A. thing I guess he could have to do, but it's not that exciting to just watch <laughs> Kurt Russell play basketball oh, against himself. I love himself. that scene. <laughs> it's so... And there's no music, right? It's just yeah. everyone silently watching him sink baskets, like... I love it. Uh, <laughs> I took this in a different way. I... A, I guess I wasn't thinking about attacking to the death and I was thinking that I would go after the spider gremlin from Gremlins Mm. 2 and then when I defeated it I could train it to be my pet and I could ride it around all over the place because that would be super fun at night Mm -hmm. obviously I can't ride him around at day Mm because the sun would would Uh boil him and melt him but
1: you know then you could finally uh, uh, one up your alter ego the brain gremlin
0: Mm -hmm.
2: well he I, I mean if it was me against him it would just be too evenly matched
0: you guys would so. just end up talking about I don't know like old Broadway shows that you both saw.
2: Yeah, yeah. Well, you kidding? Uh, Tony Randall doing the voice?
0: Definitely. I mean, yeah. I saw him
2: on Broadway in The Odd Couple with Jack Klugman. Oh no, sorry. What well, wasn't The Odd Couple? It was The Sunshine Boys.
0: Uh, Xander, I sure surely you've thought of this. Uh, what's your answer? Oh yeah, all the time. I'm always daydreaming about it. <laughs> um, I don't
3: know. Like, uh, I mean, it's like you know maybe the strategy would go for like a Norman Bates when he's just like not looking. Hmm. Uh, you know, he's just he's just going yeah. about the business. You know, like mopping or whatever and you just get him in a headlock Mm -hmm. or something yeah well Um, uh,
1: first first you got to mrs doubt fire him so he thinks you're his mom and then then you kill him oh yeah
3: (laughs) then he's all discombobulated you can do whatever you want yeah kick him out a window or whatever yeah either that or or you know somebody like uh like a mama from the from the movie mama (laughs) that that like the, the freaky like thing but she'd take care of you for a while and then you'd Probably just like leave home and never call. Mm -hmm. Um, Like, wait, the evil
1: ghost mama. Yeah, 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 that
3: makes sense. But you just never call, and then you, you know, she'd kind of she'd break her hip, and you put her in a home or whatever. You know, Mm -hmm. make it ghost hip. You just break her heart that way.
2: Yeah. Isn't at one point isn't Mama just a wig walking around on the like on the ground like a Tribble? That seems like a pretty easy time to get rid of her. Oh yeah, yeah, that'd Mm -hmm. be
3: that'd be your moment.
2: Yeah, Uh, (laughs) but that's, that's the. It really made this question really made me think about like what is what do I consider a horror movie villain,
0: uh, yeah.
2: and what's a horror movie? Mm. You know, because yeah. I guess Gremlins two is not a, what's a really movie? a serial a box, yeah. <laughs> and what's and a movie is just a serial box. So I guess what I'd say it's mm-hmm. Count Chocula, or maybe like maybe I'd go after Boo Berry because I'm like, come uh-huh. on, man, you're not even a There's, specific thing; you're just a ghost.
3: Come mm-hmm. on. There was a lot Can- of discourse last week about uh, that horror movies can't be set in space. Somebody somebody made that mm. the hot take. Where, and, wait, where was
2: this discourse?
3: oh on Twitter you know the hell hole of the universe yeah like somebody somebody just said that horror can't be set in space for I mean for the du- most dubious reasons and of course everybody had to uh-huh. pile on this poor person and then so. Samuel I mean, I mean,
1: ripped out his eyes and was like check this out dude
2: <laughs> <laughs> I can see so much now and, and then the, and, the, and the, the xenomorph is sitting there being like excuse me excuse I'm right me here. What am I, excuse me sir chopped liver yeah, this, we, uh, we should, uh, xenomorph
1: did a spit take and then it's little mouth did a spit take <laughs>
2: Wait, Wait, so does he have two two glasses, one for the well, big one for the big mouth and a little one, like a shot glass for the little uh, mouth?
0: <laughs> what is your favorite of the cereal monsters? I I, I am partial to Boo because I think he looks kind of like he's like a cool jazz musician. and uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's I the just, ghost just, from Soul. I like yeah. his vibe. Uh, but mm-hmm. like, what do you got? You got that, you got Frankenberry, you got yeah, Count, Count Chocula. Chocula, you got
3: Fruit Brute who is a werewolf Um, only in the Tarantino universe
1: (laughs) yeah
0: (laughs) I I like that Blueberry uh, he's got a hat if that's like, all it I takes. Like, uh, I like Frankenberry. A monster. I think
1: Frankenberry's pretty cool.
3: Yeah, I like. I'm always I'm always drawn to Frankenstein type monsters. See, I, Frankenstein's when I was... monster type monsters. Thank you. Oh, thank goodness.
2: <laughs> uh, I I think I'm gonna have to go with Count Chocula because I like chocolate and I do like vampires. No matter what Dan says, I like yeah. them. I think they have they embody the scariest thing, sex. And so uh-huh. that's and unlike it's Frankenstein's terrifying. monster, who is not sexy at all. Although you know what, I don't know. He's got a certain kind of. Kind of affection to him. He's got. He feels like a. He's like, Dracula. There's no long term relationship there, which is ironic because he's immortal. But Frankenstein's monster, I feel like you could really make a connection with him. He's looking for love. That's why he's so sad at the end (laughs) of Bride of Frankenstein. You know what? Marry Frankenstein, Uh fuck Dracula, and kill Boo Berry. He's already dead, so I don't have any guilt.
1: He's already dead. What does that? What does that leave me with? Who do? Who do I get to be?
2: Uh, you get to be uh, the the Lucky Charms leprechaun, who's kind of a monster. He's always tricking those kids, you know? <laughs> yeah,
1: I guess, yeah,
2: okay. <laughs> oh, I, guess, I guess the tricks rabbit, he's kind of a monster because yeah, he rabbit. loses also all the time. So
1: tricking, yeah. Really,
2: I guess the kids are the monsters. Captain they Crunch, you the... don't know what kind of Give war that...
1: crimes he had to do to get those medals. Yeah, yeah and, and
2: Tony the Tiger with his blood-red kerchief around his neck.
0: Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Uh there's one more letter. It's from Jared. Yeah, Let. yeah, there's
2: one more cereal mascot. It's the toucan from Fruit Loops, but I didn't have anything to say about him. So mm-hmm. thanks Stan for bringing it up. One putting me more. on the spot. I guess he, yeah, he's got like a Maurice Chevalier type, which makes sense. He's a toucan. Anyway,
0: continue. Yeah, one more letter from Jared last name with Hell who writes Actually I guess he's more of a David Niven type.
2: Okay. Forget more forget it. I said David Niven as as the <laughs> as the two from Fruit Loops. Uh uh-huh. to play Count Chocula, probably oh, yeah. like um Yo, know, Frank Langella. He did. He played Dracula that one time. And like
1: Bob Hoskins can play the cookie crisp uh, burglar <laughs>
2: for sure. Oh, yeah. For sure. That's, that goes <laughs> without saying. That's a great call. That's a great
0: call. Yeah. Mm. Uh, Jared, last name withheld, writes: Dear Peaches, when Maniac of New York inevitably becomes a hit film, would you consider deviating from your format and having a Maniac of New York episode? Could I sit and listen to it while playing with all the Burger King tie-in toys? Would you be able to give it some playful jabs? Can't wait for the 2027 premiere. P.S. Thanks in advance for the surprise Stuart cameo as Zoo Snake Expert. I will mm. have been delighted to see that. Jared Last name with us. It's actually,
1: it's actually too bad. I'm going to be playing two roles in that movie. Mm. One of them has a mustache. Uh, Zoo Snake Expert's one. The other, of course, my larger role that has a line is going to be uh, the, uh, the morgue attendant who is eating a sandwich. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that goes without saying. Ravinously, right. I
2: I, I'm, I'm working on something now that has a mortgage. at one point, and I'm like, should he be eating a sandwich? They always do.
1: Uh, <laughs> Elliot, my career needs this. You have now, to.
2: <laughs> the scariest thing about this letter was not the idea of a Burger King tie-in for Maniac of New York, which this is not for kids. Uh, it's not your. It's not your granddad's. Friday the 13th type thing or or Nightmare on Elm Street where you could merchandise it with with dolls for children. Uh, But the idea that we would still be doing the podcast in 2027, which is effectively, what, 20 years of us doing the podcast at that point? Um, I mean, I'm game if you guys are, but that seems like a long time to be talking about bad movies. What do you think? Uh, Xander, as the— Pivot. will they
1: still be making bad movies by then i think right, maybe yeah. they'll have
2: figured it out by then they'll have the for, they'll have the formula right they'll all be making good ones but yeah, Xander,
3: okay i can just see you guys taking your hat off and just throwing it on the ground they've stopped making bad movies <laughs> uh-huh. it's just it's so frustrating
2: <laughs> there's a big headline in the newspaper oh no i'm walking down the street and i'm like life is sweet Gonna celebrate twenty years of the flop house next year, and then a, a newsie runs by and goes, "Extra, extra! They figured it out. No more bad movies. Only <laughs> goodies from now on." Ham, mm. hey, hand me that paper. Hand me that paper. Right. Tar uh, <laughs> <laughs> You're
0: like you're like reading through the paper paragraphs, like, oh my god, it checks out. They did it. it that would all work. Checks out.
1: <laughs> How am I gonna pay my mortgage? So <laughs> <sighs> I'll, I'll finally have bought a house by then. Oh, yeah, good, good. That has that has a mortgage. And no, I, mean, okay. I don't think you. I mean, cash. if
0: we're fantasizing, why do you have to have a mortgage in this?
1: Uh, but I'm I'm not wearing pants. That's okay. the fantasy that's part. That's the fantasy. Because uh, <laughs> normally in life, I'm forced to wear pants at all times. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> even by, in the bathtub. By social tub. customs, right. and even in the bathtub.
4: Yeah,
2: but you do even take a in bath in a, in a store window, so that's why.
1: I do. Yeah. Yeah, Stuart's famous. With all the other puppies.
2: Than, if you're ever in New York City, just go to the pet shop that Stu uh, works part time in as a as, as a display window bathtub it being in her, hanging out with puppies uh, in pants. Don't worry, he's wearing pants.
3: Yeah,
2: uh, Xander, would you stick with us to the year 2027?
3: Oh, absolutely. I still got comics to draw. Like, what, what do you think I'm? I'm listening to nothing or music? Yeah. You like know, an idiot, to something. Yeah,
2: like a <laughs> like moron. A chump.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: Wasting your time on
0: musical notes. Yeah. <laughs> you heard me, Boo Berry, you jazz musician. Get out of here. Let's, listening to something that like might you know soothe you or bring you joy or feel emotion rather than just three idiots right. yap about Infuriate something me. dumb. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. I, well, let's move us. on. Let's three move idiots on to...
2: yap about something dumb. And then I just start crying. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> uh, let's move on to recommendations. Uh, I got a quick one uh this is called the wolf house from 2018 you can find it wolf hall no not the yeah i think you mean wolf hall not wolf hall the hillary mantle uh (laughs) books in the company of wolves (laughs) adaptation of the same um i think you mean wolf with jack nicholson no not the weird mike nichols movie about do you realize like i went back and looked at that like I saw it at the time. I I had forgotten everything about it because you that's were a,
2: such a big Mike Nichols fan at the time when you were a kid.
0: I was a fan of things that involved wolves. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I mean, that sure changed. There. You were just telling us what weak what weak babies werewolves are. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm.
1: but well, like, the man part is the weak part.
0: Oh, fair, I had forgotten fair. that that's yeah. in the high powered world of publishing, <laughs> like the cutthroat yeah. publishing world. And it's just so funny now that like publishing has been you know has gone through so many travails it's not i mean like that part's not funny i wish that we had a healthier publishing world but that like that's what he needs to be bitten by a wolf to succeed at the cutthroat world of, of <laughs> I, i'd assumed it was big business or something but anyway um the wolf house uh it is available you can watch it on shutter it is a an animated movie it is a movie that it helps to have the context ahead of time that like uh you know, in Chile under uh, Pinochet, there was this uh, cult. Uh, there was a lot of like horrific abuse that took place and part of this cult it's uh, you know it's there's a very horrifying real life history that this uh, movie gestures to. and uh, without some sort of context, I think it would be sort of baffling what's going on uh, because the plot is sort of not there in a traditional way it's about a young girl who you know finds this uh, a house in the forest a abandoned house and it's sort of like this fairy tale situation where the house kind of morphs around her and you know she adopts these two pigs that turn into children and it's it, 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 basically it's all getting at kind of the the rot the mental rot of having been subjected to this trauma and how that stays with you and how places can be sort of infected with this and you can pass it along that's all very like upsetting uh, but the interesting thing about the movie that I have not mentioned yet is this is an animated film and it is done in a very interesting way like it is uh, the house itself is like a physical set that they then, paint on the walls to do animation like there are like 2d characters that are painted that will move across the walls sometimes they'll leave the walls and sort of come into the 3d space and it's a paper mache like big sort of herky-jerky dolls like the character will sort of uh disassemble itself into its component paper mache parts and reassemble itself differently like the the space is in constant flux the characters are in constant flux as an animated movie, it is one of the most sort of ambitious and interesting to look at things I've ever seen. As a traditional movie movie, it plays more like kind of an art installation than a film. Yeah. But it's, you know, under 80 minutes long. Um, if you can handle kind I like of the... that length. If you can handle the disquieting... <laughs> parts of it the upsetting parts of it it's a yeah. very interesting thing to see so that's and the it's animated
1: pass. so it's for fun for the family
0: uh, no. no do not watch this with any children
2: <laughs> mm. all right
1: uh i'm gonna uh it's time for Stuart to make a recommendation so you know what i'm doing i'm pulling up my shutter viewing history oh boy <laughs> uh so yeah i'm gonna recommend a movie that is on shutter it's a movie from 1981 so i'm straying close to elliot territory for an oldie mm-hmm. i'm recommending a movie called butcher baker nightmare maker uh kind of a a, a weirdo horror movie Uh, About a young man who is living with his, a young orphaned man who is living with his aunt who has this like weird, uh, dominant, uh, almost sexual uh, uh, fascination with her nephew. Uh, The aunt is played by this woman, Susan Terrell, who is incredible. She is like way out there. Uh, This is a great, like, kind of. I would say this is a great, like, good-bad horror movie uh, that is weird and has uh, some strength, like, a lot of twists and turns and over-the-top performances. Uh, it's definitely, if you like, like a fun, uh, cheapo, good-bad horror movie, totally check this one out. I will say that it does have, uh, it came out in 1981, and it has a, a gay panic uh, subplot uh, that is i'm not in no way am i going to say it's progressive but it is it didn't quite go in the directions i expected it to for being a movie that came out in 1981 uh and all in all i think it's if if you like weirdo good bad horror movies uh check it out uh, before I get to my recommendation, I want to mention. Here's a way
2: to tie that into previous discussion in this episode, so it seems less like I was just talking about random nonsense. Susan Terrell was also in the great movie Fat City with Stacy Keach, so that's why I talked about Stacy Keach earlier in the episode. Okay, oh. okay, <laughs> okay, it all ties together. It all makes oh, sense. Oh yeah, you're <laughs> on base. You're on base. Okay, good, good. Uh, uh, Xander, do you want to go with your recommendation next? group? would you like oh, sure. me to go first? Oh
3: okay. So I'll I'll keep uh, I'll stay in my uh, in my on brand. For uh, for the kaiju guy who comes in, but mm-hmm. uh, uh, to, so I have a couple recommendations. One, of course, is uh, it, these are all a couple, couple years old. Uh, Shin Godzilla, um, oh, which is it. the 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 most recent Japanese uh, uh, kaiju movie, and it's interesting in that one. There's only one monster, and two, uh, it as a Godzilla movie, it doesn't even take into account uh the original Godzilla movie which most sort of like reboots of Godzilla have sort of said oh we haven't seen this monster since 1954 mm. but he 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 came that one time but but never again um but this one is like this is a never before seen thing and instead of sort of saying oh it's you know it's a metaphor for nuclear power or nuclear uh weapons it's a metaphor for like the Fukushima nuclear disaster and um and the absolute mess that the that the government made uh, with that. And uh, it has beautiful monster design. It's uh, it's done by um, the guy who made uh, Neon Genesis Evangelion. So it's like super fast and paced and, uh, um, and a beautiful film. Um, I do not recommend watching the original King Kong vs. Godzilla because I was rewatching that a little bit ago and uh, it is extremely racist. <laughs> <laughs> There's a whole section of uh, blackface that you will go wow i i really forgot that that was in that you know that and that every movie in the 60s had to have that kind of like bewildered uh natives being given a radio and Mm. freaking out about it um and uh and then my final recommendation is if you enjoy the kookiness of um godzilla versus kong uh i recommend king kong escapes the uh um the Rankin bass slash toho production where they uh uh where king kong fights his metal go- doppelganger the mecha kong which uh, is the first mechanical kaiju to appear um and it is horrible it's a horrible movie and it's delightful <laughs> it's, the best, it's one of the best king I, kong movies i've ever seen i remember as a kid really loving that movie and loving
2: the design of that robot kong and yeah it's just like, it, that's a movie where it's like, they're like, we're making this for kids, right? Okay, good. Let's just do it. Like, let's <laughs> kid it up.
3: Well, and it's the opposite of all the modern sort of, like, uh, mechanical design where it's like, there's very few shapes. You know, it's just like, here's the the mouth shape, here's the eye shape, and it's, and it's like, elegant instead of just being a whole bunch of stuff crammed together. Yeah, super that busy, was,
1: lights flashing, things whirling around.
2: With the, with yeah. That was with the Mechagodzilla design in, in this one, in, in Godzilla vs. Kong, it was like, yeah, there are a lot of moving parts, and it was hard for my eye at sometimes to like make a humanoid or Godzillaoid shape out of them. You know, because okay. there was so much yeah. stuff going on. But yeah, that 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 robot Kong is just like, yeah, there's a lot of curved metal pieces that are just kind of bolted together. Like he, he always like, reminded right. Guess me. Guess like,
1: it looks like a King Kong.
2: it's like yeah. an it's like if King Kong was a was an antique submarine, kind of like that's that's yeah. kind of kind of the design to me.
3: Right. Yeah, uh, and that there would be like bolts as if he were made in 1962 or whenever this movie came out.
2: Yeah. Uh, I, I don't have a Godzilla movie to recommend, but I do have a Japanese movie to recommend. Oh, yeah, because they, you know, I hadn't watched a Japanese movie in a while, and I said, oh, I'm going to watch one. So I watched Occult is My Passport. Uh, it's a Yakuza film from 1967. It's directed by Takashi Nomura, and it stars Joe Shishido, who you may know as the Japanese actor from the 60s who had his cheeks artificially and so he always looks like <laughs> a chipmunk that's carrying nuts in his cheeks, and it's very off-putting until you get used to it. Uh, I've seen a bunch of, of crime movies with him in them, and he's always supposed to be the toughest, baddest ass guy, but he's got these like weird chipmunk chinks, cheeks. Anyway, uh, he it's it's an interesting thing, the thing that he did to differentiate himself from other Japanese actors at the time. But uh, long-time listeners will know I am not a fan of hitman movies usually, but uh, this is one where uh, Joe Shishito plays a hitman. He and his partner are hired by uh, one yakuza family to kill the boss of another yakuza family, and after they do it, they get totally sold out, and now they're in hiding and on the run. And now they're up against these these two families working together, basically. And it's super, kind of 60s new wave cool style. It's very mm-hmm. like laid back and uh, and very jazzy. Uh, with a lot, there's a lot of neat things with like fast cuts and stuff. And there is a gunfight at the end, which takes place. In a totally featureless void of a desert kind of space, in which Joe Shishido somehow still manages to kill everybody and never get hit by a bullet even though there's nothing to hide
3: behind and they're all just kind of standing there uh that sounds like the end of a lot of comics that i've drawn where you're like you know what would really speed this along (laughs) (laughs) there's no No backgrounds backgrounds. (laughs) well
2: the same or the same way godzilla movies they know even if they started in a city they always ended up on some kind of like grassy plain with like little trees and maybe (laughs) a small hills and you're like weren't they in (laughs) a city like a second ago like but uh it's a it was a it's a fun tight little uh kind of uh you know, new wavy, uh, you know, uh, crime movie where it's all about how basically the life of crime is a really depressing one in an existential fashion. So Occult is My Password. It may be on the Criterion channel right now. I don't know. But it is available through them on DVD. Well, that's a, a
1: lot of recommendations.
2: A lot of them. A lot of recommendations. We someone, expect. There's got to be
1: one,
0: one in there for someone to like. All of you mm-hmm. must do your homework over this sticks to- yeah. <laughs> uh, space until the next episode, uh, but for now, uh, thank you, Xander, for coming uh, and being a guest uh, at short notice. As well, is there um, a place where people can find you? Is there a thing that you would like to plug? Uh, I mean, within reason.
2: A I know you don't want people showing up to yeah, your don't, house. Well, probably. I mean, right, I'm I offering him. He, he said would have like. To give his... Would like. Okay, that's fair. I mean, it's yeah. not like Dan challenging a vampire to show up at any moment.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> No, just one vampire, Elliot. Right, Dracula, the, the, big, the main one.
1: Dracula, yeah. I only have time to fight at four, four in the afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> right,
4: exactly. <laughs> right.
3: Um, well, I mean, people can find me on Twitter, Xander underscore Cannon. Um, and if you want to find me on Facebook, you could, but I'm not going to answer anything because I don't even look at that thing. Um, and uh, yeah, my comics. My comic is called Kaiju Max, and you can find it uh, virtually any online retailer. Uh, I actually recommend Bookshop.org uh, if you want to not feed Amazon for a moment, um, because it will sort of source it from local bookstores. I don't know how they do it, but they figure it out. They just um, order it off of Amazon, and they tell you. that they, <laughs> you know, that they, have a they order it store. off Amazon at deep discounts, and yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> I gotta say um, when I when I bought the first Kaiju Max trade, I bought it at Forbidden Planet in in New York and i think it was filed in the like young adult children's oh. section and i'm like that's fucking crazy <laughs> yeah i can't tell you how
3: many times people tell me that they got it in the children's section and it's like oh god yeah. you know or i had to i had to explain to a woman at uh, at a paris comic-con uh that it, that her child who was looking through it was i was like please don't and she only spoke italian and i was like uh uh, so I'm try, we're trying to find a, a, a language that we spoke in common. And, uh, so she had to hear some second grade or, you know, some, some sixth grade Spanish from me. Um, yeah. But, uh, but yeah, it's really, I mean, I need to do something that's for all ages next because people think that <laughs> they always they think are. that it's. Yeah.
2: <laughs> oh, I they think, really do. And Kaiju Max, like, I can't, I can't say enough what a, what a great series it is and how you yeah. take something that seems like it should be kind of like a sketch premise like a kind of like a joke premise about (laughs) oh there's a there's um, there's a prison for the big monsters and turn it into like oh these are real characters and they have real hates and loves and bad pasts and and tragic futures and like they and their their traumas linger from one you know experience to the next and it just it, it, it every time i read it i'm like there there are parts where i'm laughing and then by the end of the series i'm like crying and i'm like why am i crying about this this right. like this mecha Godzilla character, you know? What right. Am I
3: gonna... yeah. These dumbest possible characters. Yeah. No. I yeah, mean there's... And it was it was that when I pre- when I proposed it, it was just like, here's here are these two mashed up things. Here's the list of gags, you know, that's about twenty items long, and then uh you know and then I get bored with doing that, and so I have to make it really depressing yeah. or or really melancholy, I should say.
1: Yeah. Yeah, there was a run. I can't remember which season it was, but there was a run where it's like I w- I'd have to like prepare myself for each issue. I'm like, this is gonna fucking crush me. Okay, <laughs> oh, no, I gotta oh, get no. ready for this. It's, well, I mean, like, it's great though.
2: No, but it is, and it, that you do. Uh, it. I mean, it's another prison thing. But like, like in Orange is the New Black, you'll introduce a character as kind of a background character, and then give that character their moment later. too. I'm thinking of there's the um, the like Elder God Lovecraft style. Yeah. uh a woman character who she's got like a it's like a cattle skull with
3: with worms yeah, coming out yeah. of it and uh yeah goat is her name
2: yeah goat and how like <laughs> when she first showed up it's like oh i get this joke that it's like she's like a you know a like a a poor drug addict but who's an elder god and then when she gets her story you're like oh this is heartbreaking like i want i feel <laughs> yeah. for this character i feel i feel for goat <laughs> so badly you know <laughs> It, does, it and yeah. I, it makes it sound. It makes the book the way we're describing. It makes it sound depressing, but it's just it's a it's a it's a book that could be just a joke, but it's a really moving book, you
3: know.
1: Yeah, I have a lot of respect for yeah. taking something that seems silly and treating it <laughs> deadly serious. <laughs> yeah.
3: But I mean, I do want it to always be absurd. Like, I, yeah. I there's a there, and I feel like people have said that like, oh, I didn't like the artwork when I first saw it because I didn't think it was. You know, substantial enough. But it's like, but then they realized, oh, if it were, I don't know, more vivid or more realistic, you wouldn't like it. You would, you wouldn't tolerate it. It would be so, it would be so un, unpleasant. You know, it so needed to, like, need to be Stephen
1: Bassett level detail. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
3: right. Well, and I mean, I there was a uh, Ryan Brown who you may know. He does a comic called Curse Words and uh, God Hates Astronauts. Oh, was yeah, going yeah, to be the yeah. original artist on it, and I feel like I would have written it very differently for him because it would have been so. His style is really, you know, it's like he, it feels more solid and it feels more realistic and it feels more sort of, I don't know. I don't know. It, it would be the difference between sort of like a 60s monster movie and a, uh, and, you know, the Godzilla vs Kong, you know, like it's yeah. the, with the, how silly the, and how unreal things seem, you know, if it, if, it, if he were doing it, it's like all these really unpleasant stuff would be like twice as unpleasant and I don't,
4: yeah.
2: There are some so. things in there that are very I mean we should also say for, for people that there are certain uh there are things that happen to characters that are very unpleasant and very yes. uh uh there's sensitive material in there. Yep. You know. So. Yeah.
3: Yeah. I I thought I mean when I was first doing it I I didn't like trigger warnings and content warnings weren't really a thing, but I would definitely sort of say that now or it's like yeah. Yeah, there's some assault and you know, and I I kind of regret putting that in to a degree. I think it was I played it off okay, but you know, but it's but I, so I look back and I'm like, oh, I was probably doubling down on sort of like edge lordy stuff that I should have maybe maybe thought twice about.
2: <laughs> anyway, it's it's really it's upsetting book. and it's a terrible book. Don't pick it up. Uh, <laughs> yeah, now you right. convinced no, me. Really you convinced me i really it. it. No, it's a great <laughs> book and. uh Thank you so much for joining
3: us today. Oh, uh, so thanks we so much.
2: Have you on? There's there's no one we trust more with Kaiju.
0: <laughs> right, right.
3: Good, good. I'm glad to be the absolute number one uh, expert. You know?
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes, thank you again.
3: Well, thanks, you guys. I really, I mean, I love the I love the the Flophouse. I list. I mean, I really do. Whenever I have to pencil a whole issue, I listen to probably I don't know 18 episodes back to back, and uh, you. and I'll sometimes I'll you look at like a way that I've drawn a hand, and I'll be like. I remember they were talking about Doolittle or something
0: when
1: I was doing that. So when I'm reading an issue and I'm like, man, these guys all look fucked up. I can blame Dan <laughs> <laughs> Elliott yeah. myself. You
0: can, you can yeah. if, if if point those fingers right back at yourself. <laughs> yeah. If listeners pick up the book now, just remember, while you're reading it, like we were talking about Doolittle or some shit while this <laughs> 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 is going on. Shit. Uh, well, thank you to Jordan Cowling for producing the show. Thank you to MaximumFun.org. Uh, go over there uh, to find all sorts of other great podcasts. Uh, if you like this show, please spread the word either by leaving us a review on iTunes or via all your favorite social media. Or just talk to a human being for once in your goddamn lives. Come on, people. Yeah,
2: or take out a billboard ad or an ad in a local newspaper. They need the business. Mm-hmm.
1: Skywriting. <sighs>
0: Probably the least effective, but sure, if you want to. <laughs> uh, a, a, unless you happen to be at that beach. <laughs> at that second. I should listen to the floor por- Okay, it's all oh, now it's, it's all, all just- gone.
2: Maybe it wasn't it, maybe it was just clouds to begin with. Uh, just clouds.
0: Uh, but anyway, for the floor porse, I've been Dan McCoy. Hey,
3: I've been Stuart Wellington.
2: I'm Ellie Kalen, and we've been joined by
3: Xander Cannon, Kaiju Expert Number One. <laughs>
4: Bye.
0: Bye On this episode we discuss wait, hold on. <laughs> no no I, I'm I'm looking at the I was looking at the name because like
2: it's, I it's can't Godzilla remember versus Kong, I, but it, it should be Kong versus Godzilla.
0: Yes, I I never remember which yeah. Okay. Anyway.